Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the programme, you can contact us by phone at 1850-333-103. We are having some uh, technical issues. We're having internet problems uh, today. So uh, the best way to contact us is by phone. We are still getting text messages as well to 0862-103-103. If you want to contact us by text or uh, WhatsApp, but probably the best way of getting through to us today is to give Sadie or John Paul a call. So our apologies if we're a bit late addressing text or WhatsApps as they uh, come in. Actually, talking of uh, weather, there's kind of a mixed bag of weather uh, today. We can expect some sunny spells, but certainly temperatures are down on what they have been. We had such lovely, lovely weather over the last couple of weeks, but temperatures are certainly down. And there was reports in earlier of snow on the hills. And then I got a text that made me smile that there's queues in Aldi branches all over the city and county and people are queuing up to buy barbecues. Yet there's snow on the Calty Mountains. What's the world coming to at all? Said a one texter. And heavy rain and blustery conditions. That's what we can expect over the bank holiday at weekend according to uh, Met Air and it's going to be a mixed bag there will be some uh, heavy rain and cloudy conditions but the good news is there'll be a little bit of sunny spells as well so we'll we'll hold out and hope that there will be more sunny spells than those heavy showers and uh, temperatures across the weekend they will be in the low to mid teens which were told normal for early May uh, so temperatures are, uh, because of course tomorrow is the 1st of May and actually yesterday we had somebody ask about holy water for May Eve and the tradition of I'm, and I'm open to correction on this is the tradition you sprinkle holy water this is certainly something that that is my tradition you sprinkle holy water around the house on May Eve and people wanted to know would churches could because of course all of the churches are closed would people would still be able to go to the church would they be able to get access to uh, holy water and somebody straight away mentioned that holy water is available at the church the Holy Cross Church in Charleville and then when I came off air I had a lovely email from the Charleville Parish Pastoral Council thanks to Claire Scanlon for this to say Hi Patricia I heard about a listener inquiring about the availability of holy water for May Eve well, I'm a member of Charleville Parish Pastoral Council. For many months, I, along with other members, have been filling many bottles of holy water and labelling them holy water, 
Holy Cross Church, Charleville. The idea has been so successful. We've given out hundreds of bottles of water to date, or hundreds of bottles of water have been taken from outside the church to date. Of course, we are all aware now that holy water is a great source of protection. We do fill, we, we did fill some again with Easter water. And yes, uh, we will do more today, that was yesterday, for anyone who wants them for May Eve. So if you're in and around the Charleville area, Holy Cross Church in Charleville, you can pick up if you're looking for holy water, particularly for the day that's in it, on account of it being May Eve. I'd be interested actually to hear from people, what are, do you have May Eve uh, traditions? Are there traditions that perhaps you did as a child, that you remember your parents doing, or you remember your grandparents doing, and are you keeping up those traditions? Because I feel with a lot of those traditions, we're, we're going to lose them, aren't we, if we don't pass them on and if our if our children don't see us doing them, will there be a tendency that we'll lose a lot of traditions that were there? Are you know, is it just a sign of the modern times in which we live that we need to just move on from all of those traditions? Your thoughts welcomed on that May Eve uh, traditions. Now, the number of new cases of COVID-19 reported daily will have to move in a consistent downward trend. This is what came out uh, yesterday. Uh, Sadi the Taoiseach was saying this. He said before any substantial lifting of restrictions will be considered, we're all keeping our fingers crossed and hoping that tomorrow we would hear about some of the restrictions being uh, lifted. But certainly what was coming out yesterday from the National Public Health Emergency Team, Neffet, and also from the Taoiseach didn't bode very well, did it not? The number of new cases will need to move towards the lower hundreds That's what politicians were warning yesterday. They're saying there's no single magic number as the case figures can be skewed by the number of tests that were done and the numbers that can be reported on any particular day. Now for yesterday the figures we were looking at was 376 cases were reported and more than half of those related to people in nursing homes or residential homes. The total number of confirmed cases now has for the first time exceeded the €20,000 mark and then the deaths, the really sad figure that we wait for every day, 31 patients yesterday diagnosed with COVID-19 were reported as passing away at the Neffet briefing yesterday and that brings our total for the pandemic to 1,190 lives have been lost much, much uh, loved family members and we think of all of the families and we are in particular thinking of some of our own local families and families in the West Cork area with the news that nine elderly patients have died of COVID-19 in the Clonakilty Community uh, Hospital. The HSC has confirmed the Clan Hospital deaths that took place between the 1st of April and the 28th so it's really right across this month and the families and, and I was really, really pleased when I heard that the families of the deceased were given the opportunity to say their final goodbyes in a person. Now, obviously, they had to observe all of the social distancing and they had to wear, they wore protective gear. I'm I'm assuming they were in full PPE gear, but at least the family members were given that opportunity, which hasn't happened in other hospitals in this country. And it certainly hasn't happened around the world. We've heard some awful, awful stories of... um, loved ones just not being able to say goodbye or having to say goodbye over a FaceTime call or a Skype call and and that just goes against 
everything we certainly here in Ireland believe when somebody is leaving this world, family members always like to be with their loved one. And, and I think we all in and ourselves, if we are all to talk about, you know, the uncertainty is that we are all going to die. And if we're all to talk about our own death and what would be our own ideal death, I think the majority of us would say uh, either in our own bed is a lovely thought, but being surrounded by family and being surrounded by the people you love the most. I think that's that's one thing we would all uh, wish for. And unfortunately, because of COVID-19, that that is not uh, always happening. We're going to speak about Clonakilty Community Hospital on the programme this morning because the junior minister, uh, Jim Daly, uh, and I know people have been contacting us saying we haven't heard from Jim Daly in quite some time. He'll actually explain why he hasn't had a media presence. There's an actual reason for it. And of course we know that Jim Daly has bowed out of politics, but he is still the Minister for Older People until the new government is formed and we know negotiations are still going on uh, to sort that out. So he's still the junior minister. But he's actually volunteering now and he's he's doing work as a volunteer at Clonakilty Community Hospital. So he's going to join us and talk to us about that this morning on the programme. But once again, we do extend our sincere, sincere sympathy to the nine families who lost uh, a loved one and to the staff at Clonakilty uh, Hospital. They're just a wonderful, wonderful bunch and they look after the residents there so well and they're just as with all of those small community hospitals, they're like a little family. They, you know, so when they lose a resident, to them, it's like losing a much loved uh, family member. So we think of all of them uh, today. And Leo Radker yesterday faced many calls to lift some of the social distancing uh, restrictions. This was an opportunity for opposition leaders to put their viewpoints across to the Taoiseach. There was a teleconference call held yesterday and Leo Varadkar was urged to ease rules. Uh, I mean, one of the suggestions was to try to ease rules around uh, funerals. He was also asked about, and this is interesting, he was asked about lifting the restrictions in some counties where the COVID-19 infection and the death rates are very low. I don't know if you have come across since the pandemic, every now and again, you'll come across a map of Ireland where they'll show the number of cases of COVID-19 positive and the number of deaths in the area. Now, obviously, Dublin will always stand out as an area that has the most cases of both positive cases and the most deaths. But then when you look around the country, some areas, little or no evidence of COVID-19 in in the area at all. So political leaders yesterday got this opportunity at this teleconference to talk to Leo Varadkar and just to say how they are feeling. Now, all of them did say afterwards that Leo Varadkar appeared to be keeping his cards close to his chest and he didn't give away much details of the lockdown measures that he expects to announce. And of course, we're expecting to hear from Leo Varadkar some time tomorrow. Now during the teleconference uh, party leaders and independent uh, TDs did make the point that the public need to be given some little chink of light. We've had six weeks of lockdown now and the majority of people have abided by the lockdown and people just need to know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. The Green Party leader Eamon Ryan, he said the government should examine whether measures around funerals could be addressed. He suggested that we should be able to allow more people to attend ceremonies. That's causing huge additional grief to bereaved families, the fact that I think it's 10, isn't it, is the is the number that's allowed to attend. And, you know, we're hearing of pitiful stories of family members watching a much loved um, 
much loved family member and if they are in a position that the priest is able to say Mass they have to watch Mass online they're not able to attend in the church and in some cases the Mass isn't even being held so the, so Eamon Ryan is saying could that be looked at? Could we ease some of the restrictions um, there? And seeming the Labour leader Alan Kelly he suggested uh, he was also suggesting uh, some restrictions should be uh, lifted the A2 leader Padder Tobin called for small scale construction workers should be allowed back he suggested people like painters landscapers, gardeners which is has been speculated that it is something that the Taoiseach is looking, looking at so into that's what they brought to the table yesterday the independent TD Dennis Nocton said construction work should return and he called for restrictions to be lifted In he's one of the ones who's saying with the counties that have these low number of uh, cases Dennis Nocton said it makes no sense where parts of the country have a low rate of COVID-19 infection he said to him it makes no sense that they should remain in lockdown to the same extent as areas where there is a significant problem. He said areas where restrictions are lifted then could almost become a test bed for the future relaxation of measures in uh, cities and he raised the proposal directly with Leo Varadkar and the Chief Medical Officer Tony Hoolan and sources at the meeting said that Leo Varadkar and Dr Hoolan seem to be open to the proposal and we know it's you could look at it I suppose in in a, in a smaller way if you look at what's going on in the states I mean some of the some of the states in the United States of America are starting to open up for that very reason that some er- some areas of the states have very small pockets of COVID-19 as opposed to areas like New York City where, where they seem to be licking it off the street bless their hearts there's so much COVID-19 there so they, that's the way America are looking at it some of the states are opening up and other states are remaining in lockdown and indeed further restrictions are being put in place so could we do something like that here in this country could we look at an area I think Waterford is one of the counties that has always come out of, I think they've had they've seven people in a hospital and I think in total for the whole of Waterford County they've only got 160 cases so you know it's got a very low infection rate so should they be treated the same way? Should they be living under the same restrictions as, say, people in Dublin are living? You know, common sense would say, well, no, they shouldn't be. So maybe this is something that can be teased out and looked at in more detail. The Sinn Féin leader, Mary Lou Macdonald, also took part in that teleconference. She said, though, she said restrictions should only be eased if they are to be lifted for good. She says there was no point in lifting them if you were, they were going to, have to be brought back in again in a week or two. And I, I'd have to agree with Mary Lou on this. That is the one thing we don't want. We don't want to come out of a six, seven weeks of lockdown and then to have restrictions eased for two weeks. And suddenly we see this huge spike in the number of COVID-19 positive cases. And then we may see a surge in our ICUs. And suddenly we have the T-shirt back on the TV saying we've got to go back to where we were two weeks ago and start all over again I think you know most people would find that very very hard uh, to deal with and obviously Mary Lou MacDonald from somebody who we spoke with who had COVID-19 you know she knows what it's like to get this you know horrible horrible disease so you know she's somebody who's saying let's do it do it slowly and only lift the restrictions if we're absolutely sure that we're not going to get a second phase of it second wave of it or that we're not going to get a peak that would put huge, huge pressure on our hospitals. And the Fianna Fáil leader, Micheál Martin, he raised concerns about social distancing measures being used in meat processing factories. And Matty McGrath highlighted the issue of members of the travelling community coming to Ireland for funerals and then that they congregate in large numbers and that something needs to be done uh, around that. 
and actually people congregating in large numbers is something we're going to be addressing on the programme uh, today uh, because we've been getting calls in about Carami Fair which is a horse fair for those outside of the North Cork area maybe not aware of it it's a horse fair that takes place every year on the 12th of July in Butterfant and now the 12th of July is a Sunday this year and somebody in Butterfant will surely confirm this this to me. As far as I know, Carrie Fair never takes place on a Sunday. This is what the tradition has always been. If the 12th of July falls on a Sunday, then the fair day is held on the 13th. Am I right in that? So it would be held on the Monday instead. Anyway, the good people of Butterfant are saying, look, we've got all this social distancing going on. We're doing our very best in Butterfant to keep COVID-19 out of the town and to protect our vulnerable people. And we've people cocooning. We do not want Carami Fair to go ahead. But the problem with Carami Fair and indeed other similar horse fairs, nobody organises it. Everybody just shows up because the tradition has always been there that if this particular fair happens on the 12th of July and it's the same it would be around the country there's other fairs and it might be the first Saturday in August or you know the bank holiday weekend uh, wherever it is and people just know and people congregate but if you've ever been to Carrie Fair you will know people turn up in their thousands and social distancing forget about it because there's people just all on top of each other intermingled with a lot of animals as well so it's, it's a very very busy busy day and what's been happening over the last number of years traders who you know trade their wares at these fairs they have a tendency to turn up days in advance you'd have the stall holders maybe out a full 24 hours before the actual fair day itself as well so people in Butterfront are getting nervous and we're getting calls in saying can we find out what's happening can the council do anything can they get involved to try and stop it what about the Gardaí so we're going to discuss that discuss that this morning on the programme but we welcome calls and comments from uh, people around Carrie Fair are people in Butterfield right to be nervous uh, about it or the fact that it's not on until the 12th of July should maybe some of the restrictions will be lifted why can't it go ahead and there, there's a, the other fear that if it doesn't go ahead this year there's there's a kind of a divide between people who love Carrie think it's a fantastic fair, think, think it's great for Butterfront and then there's another cohort of people who absolutely hate Carami and wish that it would just simply go away and go away for good. And I did read some commentary online yesterday from some people who were saying that their worry would be that if the fair didn't go ahead this year that maybe then it would be gone for good and that it wouldn't come back next year. Anyway, your thoughts and comments welcomed on Carami Fair. Some of your texts coming into the programme. North Cork listener says, Hi Patricia, the majority of people in Formoy are not obeying the lockdown. Where I live, there are very few people on lockdown. They have house parties. They stand very close to each other. It's just plain stupid. There's some are even going to their work, even though I wouldn't deem it. I would deem it non-essential work. They don't certainly don't stick to the two kilometre rule. It's as if they don't care. And that's from a North Cork listener. Uh, OK, obviously, the people you're looking at are not abiding by lockdown. But I think you're wrong to say the majority of people in Formoy, because I'm hand on heart. I'm I firmly believe the majority of people are abiding by it. You're always going to get the few stupid ignoramuses who firmly believe that none of these rules or regulations apply to them and should they never get COVID-19 anyway and I really hope that that stays fine for them and I also hope that they don't pick up COVID-19 and then pass it on to a vulnerable person who may not be able to survive it. You keep doing what you're doing and don't worry about the others just keep well, well clear of them. Jim says, Patricia, why are all the deaths in nursing homes being put down to COVID-19? They're not. 
they're not Jim I actually saw a report that came on yesterday and I heard this being spoken about and speculated about over the last uh, few days um, and actually I think because of that there is there was a report out yesterday showing that one in five deaths this year in nursing homes are directly related to COVID-19 so not all deaths in nursing homes are COVID-19, just one in uh, five. Hi Patricia, Micheál Martin was on television last night with Ivan Yates and last week he was in his Court McSherry home and then last night he was in uh, Dublin. How was he able to go around uh, the country? Well, Court Mac is the house where he's in residence for the duration of the lock- for the for the lockdown. He's got a holiday home there, but he has decided that that's going to be his residence. And obviously he was on TV last night because he was in Dublin on Dáil Business. Remember, Micheál Martin is the leader of the Fianna Fáil party and Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael are in very, very deep negotiations at the moment about the formation of a new government and obviously they're speaking with the Greens they're speaking with the Independents they appear to be speaking with everybody except the Sinn Féin party so that's the reason that's the explanation as to why he would be in uh, Dublin and and, uh, obviously TDs are deemed essential work even though in fairness to when they do meet in the Dáil they are doing the social distancing and not all of the TDs they have a certain amount from each party so they are trying to do their bit so that everybody isn't travelling around the country. Morning Patricia on the holy water for May Eve and today is May Eve the tradition is that you sprinkle the holy water around the house also in the cattle sheds and near the crops and out in your garden and you do it on May Eve it was a tradition kept up by most uh, families and that's from Breather in Mill Street hope you're keeping well uh, Breather and someone else says I'm what? looking at snow on the Kerry Mountains we did forecast though the snow is a bit bizarre we did forecast that there was going to be a bit of ground frost because the temperatures did dip to zero last night but I wasn't expecting to wake up to people telling us that the snow on, on the mountain tops but it does appear that there is. Uh, holy water is sprinkled around the fields and farms. As a child says this texture I was always told not to sit on the grass on May Eve that it was bad luck. Thanks for all the news and music every day. Isn't, aren't some of those old Pishogs, I suppose, is what they are. And probably as a child, you wouldn't dare sit on the grass. I wonder what the, where the theory from that came from. Don't sit on the grass on May Eve because it would bring you bad luck. And I'm open to correction, but is tomorrow the day, something I remember from my childhood, that you go out on the 1st of May on the dew on the grass and you're meant to rub it on your face? And <laughs> I think about it now. And that, I don't know what it was meant to do. Was it meant to be good for your skin or something? But you were meant to do that, on the, but that's meant to be on the 1st of May. And talking of the 1st of May tomorrow, Cork City listener says, Hi Patricia, with regard to the weather at the moment and how bizarre it is, cast not a cloth until May is uh, out. My God, my mother used to always, always uh, say that as well because May can be one of those months you can get absolutely wonderful, wonderful weather and then you can suddenly can turn it can be the chilliest of uh, days so that's always the recommend, recommendation you don't really pull out the summer clothes until after May is gone but then we've had some fantastic Mays in the past and let's be honest during this the month of April during this lockdown we have had some gorgeous days with really really warm 
weather. I mean, we had a couple of days where the temperatures were up into the to the low 20s. I mean, that isn't the norm for April for sure. And another Cork City listener says, uh, Hi Patricia, if any of your listeners are on Facebook, can I give a recommendation? You can indeed. I suggest that they go on to the Facebook page called the Lantern Project. They have lots of things, craft tutorials, poetry, meditation, people's artwork. They even have some mini concerts which are performed from living rooms. And that comes in as a suggestion from a Cork City listener. And I love getting in those suggestions, by the way, if anyone has any other suggestions like that, keep them coming because some people are just fed up with the TV. They can't watch any more Netflix. (laughs) They're completely up to date on everything on Netflix. And they just want something completely different. And that's where I do think if you have access to the to the internet, there's some great stuff going up online. So if anybody else has suggestions like that, feel free to share it with us and, and we'll pass it on to people. But that's the Lantern Project on your Facebook page. Because I mentioned yesterday, somebody suggested to me and I came across it and it was the, the, the Donnerell Drama Group. They've put up one of their plays up on YouTube if you want to watch Amateur Dramatics at its very best, which I thought, again, was an absolutely wonderful idea. And it's just something different just to get you away from uh, TV for a while. 1850-333-103. Sadie and John Paul are taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. The Chihuahua store is delivering by drone. Order online and leave out a full basin for next day delivery. Radio paints a picture, tells a story and delivers a message. C103 is here to inform and entertain during this difficult time. Many Cork businesses are still open and need to talk to their customers. We can help. Even with social distancing, we produce and broadcast radio ads safely every day. At C103, it's business as usual. So you can get back to business. Whether it's Chihuahua drone delivery or simple cost-effective advertising solutions, email us today, sales at c103.ie or see our website. No Chihuahuas were hurt in the making of this, produced purely with sound effects and the power of radio. With C103. Following the first confirmed death in Clonakilty Community Hospital, the HSE redeployed new staff to the facility due to the level of staff at the hospital testing positive for COVID-19. Today it's been reported that there have been nine deaths in total at the hospital due to COVID-19. The Minister for Older People, Jim Daly, is currently a volunteer at the hospital and he joins me. Good morning to you, Jim. Good morning. Um, and you are very welcome. I suppose, firstly, our deepest, deepest sympathy to the families of those who have lost loved ones. This is a very, very tough time for them. It is indeed, Patricia. And first of all, thank you for the opportunity to come on your show and the invitation. It's much appreciated. Um, yeah, it's a terrible, terrible, sad, um, difficult time for the families. And when you speak to family members who lose their loved ones at a time like this, where uh, it all happens so fast, uh, the burial takes place really, really quickly. Uh, the people aren't allowed to congregate together and support one another at a time like this. Uh, when you go into you know any setting and where you see everybody with gowns and masks and gloves on them, and it, it, it's very, very frightening. And then you have a lot of families, uh, obviously, of those who are still 
in the hospital settings who are very concerned and very upset as well. And as I've said before, you know, every time uh, a resident dies at somewhere in somewhere like Clonakilty Community Hospital, a little bit of the hospital goes with them because it is a community up there. Um, there's a great camaraderie. Uh, the staff view the, the residents there as family members. Uh, I've also made a point before that there there is no glove or there is no mask or no gown can hide the, I suppose, the spirit of the staff and the personality of the staff and the humour of the staff because it radiates and shines way above and beyond any gown and any mask uh, to keep the, the spirits of the residents that are there up. But it's, so it's very difficult when somebody dies on the, the family and their friends and on the rest of the residents and the staff of the community hospital. And I know that the uh, HSE are not confirming the numbers of COVID-19 positive cases at the home are uh, the staff numbers. But would family members know if a loved one had been diagnosed? Uh, they would. They would. The family okay. member would, would be entitled to any information, of course, regarding their their, their member or their their loved one. No problem at all. And the hospital will endeavour to communicate as best they can with families. And families are always encouraged to make contact with the hospital. Have they any concerns? Uh, it's very, I mean, it cannot be underestimated. I suppose just to, to stay with the dying aspect of it for a moment. I mean, one of the saddest things I've seen there and witnessed in um, is when somebody dies, uh, people at that age, their faith is enormously important to them, really, really important. And, you know, you, you can't get a priest at a time like this because it's not safe to do so, to have a priest come in and out. So the priest administers the last rites virtually over the phone uh, to the to the resident who's uh, facing end of life, and like that must be so distressing for for people of of any age, but particularly of the age of the cohort of people that are in Connacht Community Hospital, where they're facing their their last hours and days, and you know that's a comfort that they are. Denied, really, which is a personal touch. Um, obviously, the hospital, and I heard you mention that earlier, makes every effort to allow family members to be with loved ones towards the end of their days in so far as it's practicable. But it's never, ever ideal. And it's never, ever, you know... Like yeah, and then the, the, the family, you know, bless their hearts, trying to get on with grieving. And, you know, we know in West Cork, the huge, huge funerals and the turnouts for funerals and the traditions that are associated with funerals and a community rallying around, you know, to comfort and look after the bereaved. And that's not there. Yeah, it's it's very strange. I mean, I, I saw recently a funeral of a, of a neighbour of mine who died and uh, I just was observing it from, from obviously a very far distance and safe distance and I was, it, it was just heartbreaking to see it all happen so fast to see uh, the lady be buried so quickly and uh, such sparse. Um, you know, I buried my own mum, my family buried our mum, just at the tail end, this was just before this uh, outbreak, really. Um, I think it was probably one of the last funerals that we, we used to know them. So I understand fully and totally the support that you get from people at a time when you are mourning a loved one and when you're burying somebody belongs to you. Uh, it's an awful lot. I mean, I, I just can't imagine. I thank God every day that my mum was, was taken, I suppose, from all of this, and that we were able to avail of that support of community and friends uh, uh, just at, at the end, I think it was, okay. as I said, one of the... My condolences, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of that. So condolences on, on the last year, Mum, because as I always say to people, there's never a right time to say goodbye to a much-loved parent, no matter what age you are. In, 
indeed, and she'd mm. have been one of the first people that she was always listening to there, so she'd right. be the first to give me a text after, and I always got an excellent plus, whether, whether I served it or not. I oh, bless her heart. Plus. Bless bless yeah. her heart. Actually, on that point, because, you know, you've regularly over the years been on the programme, and especially since you took over the role as health, as uh, in the Department of Health, and you've always been available to us. We have had a number of calls from people saying, where's Jim Daly in the middle of all of this? There is an explanation why you're not on the media. Yeah, well, I, I hear that quite often. People say, you know, you're know, the minister for all the people and look what's happening in nursing homes and mental health, obviously, is also a huge, huge issue and challenge at the moment. The reality is, is what I'm doing at the moment is I, it's difficult to explain to people that I'm not a TD anymore. Uh, there isn't four TDs in West Cork. There are three, uh, and I'm not one of them. So I'm not a public representative, but I am still a minister uh, with responsibilities, as I've always had, until a new government is formed. So, I mean, just for example, today I have, you know, half 11 I'm talking to, um, Healthy Ireland about initiatives that we're running through the country at 12 o'clock and talk to Jim Ryan, the head of mental health services. I have a video conference at 2 o'clock with mental health reform who represent all the bodies in the mental health. Yesterday I was on with Simon Harris and, you know, Home Carers Ireland, our Home and Community Carers Ireland, talking about the issue for home carers and people who are delivering care in the home. So I continue to work all day, every day in the ministerial role. But one thing I don't do is media. Uh, and the reason for that is, I suppose, at a time of a national pandemic and crisis like this, uh, it's really, really vital that, uh, you know, the information given out there is 100% accurate, it's 100% complete. So myself and Simon Harris have agreed, you know, that we've discussed it and, you know, both believe that it would be better if, if Simon does all the communicating. Uh, he's at the tick of it there. He's in the department every day. If I was to be briefed on every single issue relating to all the people at this point in time, the officials who are very, very overstretched would all have to brief the Minister Harris first and didn't brief me and he would be doing media and I would be doing media. So it is better and the government as a whole are keeping it to a minimum of two or three of the senior ministers doing all of the communication for that very good reason, to be fair. And how did you end up volunteering at the hospital? And I just, I'm the chairman of the Corridor Group, which is a group we set up there about maybe eight or nine months ago. There's 12 of us on a committee here. And we support Clonic Hill Community Hospital. Uh, we're fundraising and uh, we provide music sessions when we could every Sunday evening. And, you know, all of these kind of things we're doing there. So uh, the hospital contacted me as chairman of the Corridor and asked me, would there be any possibility I could find somebody in the community that would be in a position to volunteer up there to assist because of the new, I suppose, uh, restrictions in place there now. Staff can't go from one ward to the kitchen and, you know, move around as freely as they use. If staff are in a ward, they stay in that ward. So they're looking for somebody to bring food from the kitchen to all the different wards and then collect all the trays again afterwards and bring it back to the kitchen and be a general gopher up there to run errands. And, uh, and they were only stuck at weekends. So I said, look, consider it done. I'd be delighted to do it. It would give me a great insight into, I suppose, helping me in my day-to-day jobs. When I'm, you know, I, I talk every day to Minister Harris and to the officials in the Department of Health and to the HSE senior management team. And it gives me just an extra confidence, I suppose, to understand the challenges, to understand the environment that is that we are trying to deal with this pandemic and to, to assist there. So I, what I do is I work Saturdays this week. Now I'll be working three days, Saturday, Sunday and Monday. So bank holiday weekend, the same last bank holiday weekend. And ordinarily just the weekends I do there. But it, it gives me great insight. And well done. You know, well, well done. What, what do you feel you've learned from the experience? Uh really humbled. I mean, I think, look, you're, you're around probably as long as myself, um, Patricia, uh, and, uh, you know, you'll, all the time you're, you're going to be stunned by things that you've heard before but you've never understood right. So it, we've often heard about how staff are superb, how the frontline workers are amazing, how they are incredible. But then when you have someone like myself who has the privilege of being among them, 
and working among them and just seeing, as I said, the amazing personalities, the sense of humour, the warmth with which they still ooze out through masks, gowns. I mean, Clonic Community Hospital is an amazing facility and it has always been renowned for the care it has given. But to see it now at a time of a particular challenge and to see it rise to that challenge and see the staff just take on a whole new life and a whole new, which I didn't think could exist because I was quite familiar with the hospital and didn't think they could go any further than they were going. They're just phenomenal and, you know, nothing is too much when you meet somebody coming off to the afternoon 12 nights in a row, you know, and you think, God, how do you do it? And if they look, sure, we're, you know, under pressure, a lot of staff are out. Obviously, a big problem there is staff having to be out because some staff have been diagnosed with the COVID. And then you have other staff who have been in contact with them or close contact with them have to self-isolate for two days. So that causes enormous challenges. But that just, you know, I suppose builds resilience. So I'm really, really humbled, Patricia, by what I've seen of the frontline staff, the caring staff at every level, whether they're inside the kitchen cooking the meals and, you know, going the extra little mile and hearing them talk about every individual. I mean, Clonic Hilti isn't a small hospital. There's 122 beds there. Uh, and to hear them talk about every single individual inside the kitchen, that's Mary Murphy. She likes us, but, so, you know, <laughs> and the you know, and I make up that name, obviously. But when you hear every, and she likes her carrots, no, she doesn't like the rice, you know. Isn't that, that fantastic? And it's just gorgeous. So, and then that transfers, I get to see that first time. Then I go into the ward and I meet the, or to the edges of the ward where I hand over the different meals and all of that and meet the staff there. And they're just always so sprightly and they're so kind to the patients. So if, if, if I could do anything by getting this wonderful experience, that is provide reassurance to the families of the residents of Clonic Hilti Community Hospital that their loved ones are getting the absolute top of the range rolls right care that anybody could get anywhere. Uh, even in these challenging times, there is no reduction in care, only, only an increase, I would say, and we didn't think that was possible. Are the residents missing the visitors, though, Jim? They are. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And I mean, I think for the, you know, those gorgeous people that are up there, uh, the beautiful people having lived their lives and uh, how frightening it must be for them to be able to just, you know, be around or to look around and see everybody in gowns and see everybody in wearing masks and gloves and, you know, some of the, these outfits look like the, the, the jumpsuits or whatever. And visors, you know, sure, of course, that's very distressing and very frightening. But again, the staff go out of their way to personalise and be human and be funny and, you know, very free with the residents. So that's very comforting for them. I also see the, the staff then going around themselves. Someone coming in at their own time, you know, very um, helpful and they go around with iPads to the different residents and they're connecting up with somebody at home who has the grandchildren on the other side of an iPad talking to granny, you know. And, Which is and grand. That's so, that connection is so important. And telling a little poem and that. So, I mean, those, where, where appropriate, that's powerful. That's beautiful as well. Then you have some residents up there who have, you know, a very severe dementia and that's why I suppose, look, it's easy for people to, to challenge and say, you know, why weren't the nursing homes, you know, should the government have done more? But they're very, very challenging environments where you have a lot of elderly, frail, vulnerable people uh, in, you know, in a setting together. And then you have a number of people who have uh, dementia and fairly advanced dementia who like to walk all day. That's what they do. They walk around a lot. That's the, you know, one of the, the traits of people who have dementia. And you can't get those people to sit on a chair all day and not go near any other patient. So, you know, it's a challenging environment. Let nobody it's be tough. under any illusion. It's, 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 it's tough. tough. And, and have the HSC redeployed new staff, as, we, as we've been led to believe? 
Yeah, there is some additional okay. staff are going to. I mean, particularly around infection control, and that's some staff with expertise in that area. You know, in some of the areas that new emerging areas. I mean, you have a very, very highly qualified staff, nursing, medical staff already existent in the hospital. Uh, wonderful GPs. I said in an interview there with the opinion uh, this month that there's one uh, lady GP from the area that I see every day. I'm up in the hospital every single day, the Tuesday, a Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. I see uh, this lady GP there, and I think. You know, does that lady ever, ever take a day off? Like, people are just, I don't think anybody will ever, ever realise the length and the level uh, people are going to. I know Brian Carey is a consultant geriatrician that covers West Cork, uh, the consultant for older people based in Bantry. Brian has had numerous visits to the hospital in Clonic Hilty and he has just said, like, categorically, the level of care here is just, I mean, there is no... Uh, there is no addition in anybody going to any other hospital. There is no better level of care available anywhere. Well done. Uh, well done. I th- and and I think for family members listening, because I was very conscious of that this morning, thinking of the family members who have a loved one uh, in Clonakilty Community Hospital, I think you've allayed a lot of uh, fears. OK, so right. you're, is your, I mean, we know you've stepped down from political life. Is your, your, your new life, if you want to call it that, is that sort of on hold at the moment until this pandemic is over or until at least until you fully step down in your role as, as at the Department of Health? Yeah, it is. It is indeed. I can't really, you can't apply while you're a minister. You can't apply for another job or do any other job um, because that's obviously for obvious reasons. So uh, I'm obviously on hold until the new T-shirt is elected. And while I've loved doing the job I'm doing and have done, uh, you will hear uh, a loud screech coming from Clannock Guilty today. There is a new T-shirt elected because I'll uh, I'll be a free man then. Uh, and I, that's what I said about 12 months ago, I decided that I wanted to take a step back from political life and from politics and all of that. Uh, it has taken a little bit longer than I thought to get out of it. However, uh, you know, whenever that day comes, I'm looking forward to it. And it's been and only then really can I go about applying for a new job or uh, look at it. I can obviously look at new careers now, but you can't kind of take on a new job. Uh, Until then. As, OK, uh, listen, listen, we appreciate you taking time to talk to us. Pass on our very best wishes to everybody at Clonakilty uh, Community Hospital and we'll, we'll no doubt speak again, Jim. But in the meantime, thank you for that and thanks for joining us. Pleasure as always. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. That is the Minister for Older People, Jim Daly. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. You're helping to protect the healthcare workers on the front line who are working so hard for us. You're staying at home to help protect all the people who still have to go to work. And you're helping keep our health service functioning so that we can look after people who get seriously ill. You are saving so many lives. Isn't that an incredible thing to be able to say? We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. I've been asked to play a very special request for mam and dad who are celebrating their 51st wedding anniversary today. Isn't that terrific? 51 years at marriage. But unfortunately, I don't have the mam and the dad's name except to say that Paul 
Susan, Isabel and Zoe want to wish them the very best. I'm told they're cocooning at the moment and they won't be able to get to see them but their messages will celebrate when all this is over and that we love them lots and lots. So if Susan, Paul, Isabel or Zoe want to get back on and let us know who mum and dad are and where are they cocooning, I'll be only too glad uh, to give them another mention on what is a very special day for them, their 51st wedding anniversary. And I spotted a couple of texts in from people saying, hi, unable to hear you live today. Is there a problem that maybe you're unaware of? No, we're very aware of it. We have a problem with our uh, internet provider today. So uh, to anyone well, to anyone trying to listen to us online, uh, you're not hearing us because we're not going out online. The good old-fashioned radios is what you need. You can pick us up on FM. We're going out loud and uh, clear because getting in a lot of calls and comments uh, to the programme, uh, including uh, reaction to my interview in the last hour with the Junior Minister for Older People, Jim Daly, talking about Clonakilty Hospital and the heartbreaking news that nine patients there uh, lost their lives due to COVID-19. Mary has contacted to say, Patricia, tuned into your programme listening to Jim Daly about Clon uh, Hospital and everything I heard and what he spoke about, he spoke very well. Now, what I would like to point out is I have a parent in the hospital at the moment and it's very, very difficult for us at this time. I want to point out the excellent care, the hygiene standard and the wonderful staff at the hospital. I'm I'm very upset at some of the negative press on the papers and some of the comments including comments uh, by local uh, doll deputy Michael Collins over the past weeks about overcrowding and how the Clon Hospital is an old building, etc. I want to correct him on that. That's not the way it is in there. Also, please spare a thought for all of the families who are mourning a loved one who passed away from the virus at this hospital. May they all rest in peace. Thanking you. And that's from Mary. Thanks, uh, Mary. And it was one of the things when we had when we knew we were going to be doing the piece this morning that I was very conscious of when uh, Jim Daly was going to be joining us talking about Clonakilty Hospital. I'm very conscious of families that have a loved one. Jim says 120 beds uh, in there, which I'm assuming are all full and that people can't go to visit. And it's very difficult. It can be a very, very difficult time at the moment. So I'm very conscious and very aware of people like Mary and other family members who have a much loved mother or father or granny or granddad or sister or brother at Clon Hospital. And they are getting wonderful, wonderful care. So thank you for your text, uh, Mary, to 086 103. Now, um, oh, this came in yesterday. We had a call We had a call uh, yesterday from a mother who was looking for advice with regards to new shoes for a three-year-old and an eight-year-old with shoe shops currently closed due to the COVID-19 restrictions. She was unsure. How would you buy a pair of shoes? Because she doesn't know what size shoes to buy. Ian Kirby of Kirby's Footwear in Balancolic has uh, contacted us and he joins me. Good morning to you, Ian. Hi Patricia, how are I, you? I'm very well and, and you're welcome to the programme. Now your shop obviously is, is closed at the moment. Um, you've, you've moved your business online. We have, yeah. We were lucky to have it kind of set up before uh, we closed. So like we had everything in stock and, and online at the, at the same time. So basically just a lot of parents kind of got onto us saying, you know, how do we measure our kids and you know they're growing out of their shoes. So we basically were, were, were kind of taking calls and messages through the website and through the Facebook and we kind of advise them how to measure the kids and basically then we can see what style and size would suit them. Yeah. You know? And is is it possible to measure your children's feet at home? Is is it possible for parents it, to do that? It's like you, you get a rough idea. Okay. You get a rough idea. Okay. But basically what we do is, you know, it, 
place their foot flat on a piece of paper, measure the distance, just mark out the distance of the heel to the tip of the toe. And yeah. just measure that in centimetres. And what we can do then is like contact us and we convert that to what we think would suit. Now we'll ask a, bit, a few more questions as well, like what kind of shoes are they wearing? How long have they had them? What brand are they wearing? Are they wide, narrow? You know, so given all the information, we, we have a rough idea then what would suit best. And it seems to be working 99% of the time at the moment, which is great. So. Because children's feet grow. Uh, yeah. They can grow at an alarming rate, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. And they can grow overnight as well. Oh. You know, so. <laughs> I mean, there was always the age old thing, you know, the three months growing room. I mean, that was that was there for a reason because feet, they do grow. Yeah. I mean, that, that's average. But the smaller the child, I suppose, the, the faster they grow as well. So, you know, three months is average, but like they mightn't have grown at all in three months. Yeah. And might literally just grow overnight then. But that, that, that's it. And we, we kind of advise the parents too of how to check if their shoes are too small for them. You know, the, their current shoes. Yeah. And um, they'd have an idea then whether to, to go up a size or not, you know. Yeah, yeah. And of course, we're coming out of, you know, the last pair of good shoes that children probably would have got was their school shoes or their winter shoes. Yeah. But we're coming into the summer. So some of those shoes are probably too heavy for this time of year. Exactly. So we, we like... Basically, when we when we shut down, I cancelled all our, our orders for summer styles, thinking, you know, we'd only sell a few pair on the website. And literally a week later, we were sold out of nearly everything. So I had to get on to everybody again and get all the, the new summer stock back in. So, like, we have a lovely range of kind of kids' soft, light summer shoes, but still great support. And we have sandals kind of coming in now every day as well. So there is, there is there's, there's a huge range there to choose from. And, like, as I say, it's kind of... We suit all kind of feet based well or whatever. Well done. And, you know, your online business, um, Ian, is exactly the way we can help the local economy. I mean, lots of people now, they have no choice if they need to buy new clothes, new shoes in your case or whatever it is. People are forced down to buy online because the traditional shop on the high street is, is closed. But yeah. we need to think when we're buying online, is there a local shop that's supplying this? Is there a local business that's, and if there isn't, at least make sure it's an Irish business. We can help our local economy. That's it. And that's the important thing, Patricia, is like a lot of our customers have come online now and supported us, even though they can't come to the shop, which is great. Do you know, so I think that's the most important thing rather than kind of buying off the big chains and stuff is, you know, help out your local small businesses. Yeah, because and, and money like, money stays then in the local economy as well. Exactly, and it, it helps us all. But like the, it's it's just it's hugely important, basically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. When do you expect to be back in the oh, actual God, shop? No. Yeah, have you <laughs> any a, a, a no? Um, we no, we've no indication yet. Um, like where we 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 haven't heard anything basically, but we, we're fully prepared to reopen. You yeah, know? yeah, and um, social distancing. Would you be able to do that in the shop? Exactly. We're, we're 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 totally prepared for that. Are you? Yeah, yeah. So we limit the amount of customers coming in. Okay. And regarding kids, we probably won't be able to measure them immediately, but we can judge just by looking at them, basically. You okay. Know? All right. Listen. Well done. And I was I was looking. You've got a great. Um, you're up on, you're on Facebook as well, did I, or was it? Yeah. Was, was you on Facebook and, and you? Yeah. Um, people can message us on Facebook, and I can talk them through it. Or like people who can't use the website. Um, they can always give me a ring and I can do it for them online. So. Okay, okay. And I see you do that range I, that I absolutely adore the little girls use, the Lelly Kellys. 
Lovely. Are they? Are they? I mean, I know they're. Are they as popular as ever with the huge, as, huge? Um, like you see, they're, they're they give little gifts as well. That's, that's it. That's it. That's, uh, all, that's all the children want is the gift rather than the shoes. But they're cute shoes as well. They but are. They're lovely. The colours in them are lovely. And they're they lovely. wear. They wear extremely well. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. That's why we were worried at the start. But God Almighty, like the they wear as good as any other shoe. Yeah, fire them into the washing machine and they come up brand new again. Exactly, yeah. absolutely, how bad. Okay, listen, uh, Ian, uh, continued good luck to Kirby's Footwear in Balancolic and hopefully you'll be back uh, with people Thanks. and your customers very soon. Thanks for that though and thanks for the Thanks. advice. Right, take, take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. And please, if you can, you know, I know like that if your child needs a pair of shoes, you have to buy a pair of shoes or if you need clothes or whatever, more and more people are buying online. Please just try to think locals, find out if the local business has a presence online. Now, I mean, in Ian's case, they were online before this actually broke, but a lot of other businesses, particularly on Facebook pages, you'll see it. They're setting up an online version of their store. And it's, it's just our way we can help our local economy try and keep some of the money that you're spending try to keep it as local as you possibly can okay let me go to some of your texts that are coming in to us I'm because of the problems that we're having with our tech today I have phones and iPads and tablets here that I've tried to read text on but we'll, we'll get through it. Uh, here's some of your WhatsApps in the coronavirus in nursing homes. It had to be brought in by a member of staff, either a healthcare worker or catering staff or some member of staff because remember all of the nursing homes locked down before there was ever coronavirus inside in the buildings. All staff should have been t- tested at the outset and those that are being redeployed to nursing homes by the HSC wonders Tim, are they being tested before they go in to the nursing homes I'm, I'm assuming they are Tim I mean I know there's testing of healthcare staff going on and certainly everybody in nursing homes now and residential units are being tested which is terrific it's one of the reasons that our numbers went up over the last week was because of the amount of testing that was being done in uh, nursing homes um, thank you for your text another WhatsApp in saying I live in Formoy it's a ghost town I don't know what that person was talking about earlier on who said that there was so many breaches of social distancing in Formoy. Isn't it funny? You can live in, in another area of Formoy where you feel everybody is out and about and doing their, their their own thing and then you'll get a text in at that to say, no, there's absolutely nobody out and about at all. But as you were speaking earlier about funerals and how so few people can now attend funerals and how sad that is for people. That's got me thinking, says Heidi, about the cost of funerals, especially, especially if it's an unexpected death. I wonder how families are coping, particularly for many families. There's very little money around at the moment and I'm wondering how they're coping, particularly if they're out of uh, work. Uh, hi uh, Patricia last Saturday all the staff and residents in a Cork care home were tested for COVID-19 they were informed in line with government guidelines that their results would be available within 36 hours however six days later guess what they still don't have the results a same day service will be the only way to contain and eliminate this virus could laboratories not employ some of the numerous bioscience students who have all completed their degrees to help assist with this heavy workload. And we are hearing that so many times from the experts who are making the decisions about how we come out of lockdown and all of them are saying we won't get out of lockdown until we have a system in place like almost a same day system at least 24 hours I think at the very most is all we should be waiting on to get 
uh, a COVID-19 a result to find out if you're, if you're positive or not because if we want the economy to open up and we want people to go back to work we need to know for sure if they're showing any signs or symptoms or they've been in contact with somebody who possibly is COVID positive they need to be able to get tested so they can find out know you're negative and that means they can stay in work or go back to work and we're just we're not near as the, the plan was that we would be testing 100,000 people a week by next Tuesday but we now know that got announced yesterday that's not going to happen and we're now looking the mid to the third kind of week in May I'm thinking is, is when it's going to, to happen but you are right if this I mean we certainly have more labs testing now do we need to employ even more people and then Helen and Mala was on to say hi, hi Patricia I'm just wondering about garages and car servicing etc I'm a frontline worker and I need my car service that's from Helen in Mallow yes I mean if you go even when the new restrictions came in one of the things we were told for emergency call outs and servicing of cars was one of the ones what you need to do is contact the garage that you normally get your car serviced with Helen and they'll make arrangements to um, either service your car you know give you a date and a time in which to service your car but certainly yeah and the fact that you are a frontline worker you need to make sure that your car is up and running can I stay on the whole issue of cars because this came in at the close of the programme yesterday hi Patricia as I don't drive but I carpool with a friend of mine as we work in the same factory, but we're not living together. We've been off now for the last couple of weeks because the factory has been closed. But when we do go back to work, I'm wondering, will it be OK to travel with him uh, when the time comes to go, back, to go back to work? Yeah, And even now, if you were both back at work, it would be OK. You're allowed to travel with somebody if, you know, it's for an essential reason. The essential reason being you go to work. If you've no other way of getting to work and carpooling is the way you get to work, then yes, you will be OK. There won't be any problems with that at all. Um, hi, Patricia. If somebody is lo- somebody's in the Buttervent area looking for holy water just to let you know it is available outside the church in Buttervent. Thank you to people who are keeping us updated on the holy water uh, situation. I know there was details in I, on holy water. Listen to this. This is from Father Jim Kennelly. Father Jim Kennelly, Mary sent this in to us. Thanks Mary. Is blessing holy water at half past seven this evening on Church Services TV. He live streams every evening and anyone who doesn't have holy water but would like to have some water in their house blessed. You just need to have a glass of normal tap water. Need to put in a pinch of salt. I don't know what that is but Mary says he needs a pinch of salt and he's going to bless it for you. So there's going to be virtual blessing of water by Father Jim Kennedy half past seven tonight on Church Services TV. Isn't that a really unusual one uh, indeed? And then a number of people, we are going to be talking about Carami Fair in a moment. Hi Patricia, Carami should not go ahead says this uh, texture. If we are stopped by Gardaí going on essential work and have to stay at home and can't see our families then surely nobody should be allowed to travel to Bottevent to a horse fair. They would only be spreading disease. That would be absolutely mad, says Nora. But I think the problem and what we're going to be discussing in a couple of minutes is nobody organises Carami. So how do you cancel something that isn't officially organised by anyone? Someone else says, no way should Carami go ahead. We've all been making sacrifices this year. It absolutely should not be going uh, ahead. OK, 1850 Three 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 one zero three. John Paul and Sadie are taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. C one zero three jobs. 
PE Global Healthcare, they are recruiting for community intervention team manager and a practice nurse. And the practice nurse is a part-time job and it will be available in the Cork City areas. Cleaners are wanted for immediate start in Mallow, Bantry and Castle Island. Four hours uh, evening time, 8pm to 12 and it's five days per week. And Aldi stores are still looking for security staff. This is wonderful crowd management and social distancing. They're looking for them in all areas of Cork City and County. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Cork Today on C103. With Mallow College. Now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie The Chihuahua Store is delivering by drone. Order online and leave out a full basin for next day delivery. Radio paints a picture, tells a story, and delivers a message. C103 is here to inform and entertain during this difficult time. Many Cork businesses are still open and need to talk to their customers. We can help. Even with social distancing, we produce and broadcast radio ads safely every day. At C103, it's business as usual. So you can get back to business. Whether it's Chihuahua drone delivery or simple cost-effective advertising solutions, email us today, sales at c103.ie or see our website. No Chihuahuas were hurt in the making of this, produced purely with sound effects and the power of radio. With C103. Follow C103 on Facebook. Join us today. Search C103. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And Con in Mallow was on to us to say his granddaughter is shaving her head for a fundraiser for cancer. Isn't that a terrific thing for for a, I don't know what age the granddaughter is. It's Louise O'Callaghan from Mallow and she's doing it on the 12th of May in her home place and it's in aid of the Irish Cancer Society. And I don't know if there's a Facebook link or whatever, but well done. Louise O'Callaghan from Mallow. So many people are coming up with such imaginative ways to raise money because, of course, fundraising is gone for the foreseeable future for so many charities. And yet those charities continue and the Irish Cancer Society in particular because they lost Daffodil Day this year, which was their big, it's their biggest fundraiser of the year. And I know they are continuing to provide Daffodil day, daffodil nurses at night for palliative care. I mean, the work that they are doing is incredible. We need to anything we can do to support the Irish Cancer Society. So the best of luck to Louise O'Callaghan. That's a terrific thing to do. Uh, and a brave thing, I think, for any female to shave her head. Well done to you, Louise. Now, over the last week or so, we have had a number of calls and texts in from listeners in the Bottefant area who are concerned about the possibility of Carami Fair going ahead this year, especially with the ongoing COVID-19 crisis. The Mayor of Cork County is Councillor Ian Doyle and Ian joins me on the programme. Good morning to you, Ian. Morning, Patricia. And, and I'm very well, thank you, and you're welcome to the programme. Now, nobody organises Carami Fair, so therefore, how do you cancel it? Is that your problem? That's a, a big problem, Patricia, yeah, I suppose. That there, there is, as such, no committee uh, but and I suppose the council's involvement is is very little. But certainly, I, I suppose it, it, it. First of all, it will depend on the way the restrictions and travel restrictions will be in the month of July. Personally, I think from a council point of view and from everybody's point of view, I think 
this Carmi Fair cannot go ahead this year. Now, you know, we, we've seen the cancellation of shows right throughout the country. It is primarily a horse fair. And I think that, that the horse and the agricultural people would have it in their mind that this won't happen this year. But obviously, there's a gathering of people as well, which we haven't got control over. And that needs uh, a council involvement. It needs a huge guardian involvement, which I know that there is, and also the local community involvement. So over the next couple of weeks, hopefully, uh, we will be sitting down and talking about this and seeing what way we can we can address the problem. Because a lot outside of, as you say, you're leaving the horse side of it uh, yeah. out of it. A lot of traders come, don't they, to trade their wares? Yeah. They, they, they do, and it has developed into something, I suppose, that it, it never was intended for. But, I, you know, I suppose it, primarily I would say that it is a horse fair, and I think that every every agricultural-minded person would know that this this just cannot happen this year. It's a public health issue, number one. I mean, that is, that is the major issue, and I suppose everybody coming to that fair would have public health in mind and realising the sacrifices that have been made by people right throughout this length and breadth of this land. I, I Just personally, and I think that from everybody's point of view, it is best to cancel it this year. And I think that's what will happen. And I, I you know, I don't really think that when, when everybody sits down and talks about it logically that, that, that you know, that it won't be a problem because I, I couldn't see it going ahead. We've seen shows near it, like Charvel Show, which is close to my heart. We've seen shows like Dublin and Balmoral and Galway and everybody cancelling all agricultural events being closed this year. So I think Carmi will be the same. Yeah, somebody, I mean, we've getting a lot of reaction on this and, and on social media, a lot of people reacting as well. Like somebody's making the point, uh, do we need to get the message out that Carmi Fair is cancelled? Get it out on social media, get it in the papers, you know, get it out on the radio. And then someone else is saying that Spansel Hill Fair, which is similar in that nobody organises it, that's due to be held on the 1st of June. Is that's it, right. Can it not just be a wait and see, see what happens there before worrying about Carmi? So we'll, we'll get the heads up if it goes ahead in Spansel Hill. Yes, yeah, I think that that I, I think again, Spencer Hill is is way too close. I I couldn't see that going ahead to be honest with you. But I mean, again, we should wait and see. But certainly, it will be a response from the Gardaí, which is number one, from the health department, which is number two, because it is a public health issue. And thirdly, from the council point of view, I mean, the council point of view really the, the only involvement the council point of view has in Carmi Hospitals we have to clean up after the following yeah, day. Yeah. You know, but certainly all three together with the community associations around Butterman will over the next week or two sit down and have a chat about it at least and see what way we can go from it. Are you are you hearing people, concerns from people? Well, though, I, I will, oh, no question about it and it, it has struck my mind because I mean I, per se I mean we all go to Carmi Horse Fair there's no question about it as a, as, a, as a horse fair it has been famous within the locality and you know it has been, hit my mind a couple of a couple of times we've seen as I say cancellations of major events like Charles Show which is only down the road from it and, uh, I, you know, I, logistically, I couldn't see it going ahead. It is a major public health issue and the gathering of people. And, you know, hopefully, with, with as I say, the Gardaí, Cork County Council, the communities and everybody involved, we, we, we'll go direction, yeah. And anyone that's ever been in the past will know social distancing it would be absolutely I, impossible at Carmi. Impossible, impossible. And, you know, not knocking, I mean, as I say, everybody locally has gone to Carmi here. But this year, I think there needs to be a public effort to just cancel it for the year. OK, some people are saying you're going to need to block all the roads leading into Butterman. Do you think it'll come to that? 
Well, I, again, there has been consultation with the Gardaí and the traffic management, and I'm sure they're there well in, uh, on top of that. Like you know, so if if, if it comes to that, I suppose that's what it was. And that'll be a guard the decision, though, than a council. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, and, and the reason why the Gardaí will do that is because it is a major public health issue. I mean, that's when it comes to that. I mean, that's that's what COVID nineteen is is a public health emergency, and yeah. that's how. And in fairness, to the Gardaí and anyone that has been stopped by the Gardaí will know that they they are the understanding is unbelievable with them, uh, but he, they're they're many thing for our public health you know okay uh, how's the council's covid19 community call going um for you it, ian it's it's going well patricia there's no no question about it the, the, the helpline is busy there is over a couple of thousand calls wow. and, and the idea uh, i mean the whole idea of the, of the helpline is that it disseminates down the information to the various groups that are helping and that whether that be statutory or voluntary and I mean, you mentioned the girl that's doing the the, the head shave. For, uh, yeah. I mean, the amount of community goodwill is is incredible. Yeah. You know, and I think you know, if nothing else is near Cork County, I think you couldn't be prouder of the people of Cork and the way they've responded. And also, as you mentioned, like I mean, the council staff. Uh, I think Cork County Council has been above the parish. Uh, they're operating in a totally different environment still keeping the services going, whether that be operating remotely or operating from County Hall or operating from the various divisional offices that we have. The roadworks are slowly coming back in where emergency services are, are needed. And, you know, um, it's a credit to everybody that services are still going, but albeit in a different environment. Yeah, yeah. And, and you are right, that community spirit is just, it's incredible. And I remember at the start of all of this, and, and you would have been one of the first interviews we did about the, the council's community call, um, and when we were talking about it, and I was saying to particularly older people who are cocooning to, to reach out, you know, and, you know, the number of elderly people who contact us and say, oh, no, I'm, that's for somebody else, sure. You know, I, I couldn't ring a number like that. And we were saying, no, please do. There's so many yep. people that want to help. Yep. And But it was, it, it, we, we really had to push some older people at the start right. to reach out. That's right. And I think what's coming through, Patricia, is that helpline. I mean, I, I, and I keep emphasising that community call. It's it divided down into town teams. But that community call is just purely to listen. And the problems that you have then is disseminated down, whether that's the Gardaí, to the GAA, to the pharmacist or whoever. And the, and the problem, every single problem is dealt with. You know, and it's it's a fantastic success, and it's a comfort for people. And we're facing another bank holiday weekend, and you know restrictions are in place. So I would urge anyone that has a problem to phone the community yeah. uh, and help is, and people are just more than willing because I think people have got time on their hands, Ian. So they're only too delighted when they get a call to say, "Can you do? Can you go do something?" No question about it. People, yeah. are, fantastic. people are fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. And yeah. are, are you hoping to hear some restrictions being lifted tomorrow? Uh, the indica- I don't know if it is the answer, Patricia. I just don't know. I mean, I suppose um, the indications are that the restrictions are, it is going to be very limited if there are restrictions lim- uh, being lifted. Um, I, I'm not quite sure the answer to that. You know, it's, it's very hard to say. Again, Patricia, and you know it, there's nothing worse than going home in the evening and hearing that we have 59, 40 deaths. Oh, those you know, numbers every number. night are my, shocking. But I think it brings home to people, I think when you hear that, the importance of staying at home, the importance of what we're doing, and I know that the restrictions are, are terrible hard on people and people's mental health, but to know that we are saving lives, is that's what it's all about for the next couple of weeks. And I think no matter what happens the weekend, I think we, we need to stick the course and to make sure that nobody dies 
because of the restrictions being lifted. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, some people, again, lots of people saying Carami has to be cancelled this year. Maurice says Spansel Hill is cancelled on the 23rd of June. I would, I would P- think so, people yeah. going to fairs would know it probably won't be held this year. But says Marie, we're looking forward to Carami 2021. Well, it'll be a hundred. It'll be a hundred years on the street it's of Butterfield. Whoa! Big one next year. And it's like, you know, again, putting it back, it is primarily an agricultural event. It's primarily a horse fair. That's what it is. And I know that the community would understand that in a public health situation, it no way should have go ahead this year. And again, come back in 100 years' time or in next year for the 100th year in, in a splash. It's fantastic. Yeah. OK. Listen, yeah. stay safe, uh, Ian. Thank you, Patricia. And thanks yeah, for that. Uh, bye-bye. That is the Mayor of uh, Cork County, Councillor Ian Dawes. Somebody else says, Patricia, they spit Oh, into the palms of their hand in Spansel Hill. <laughs> they probably do that in Carame as well. It's to do with when they agree on something, isn't it? How, if somebody was to shake my hand with a spit, it's it's the deal, isn't it? I'm going to buy that horse me so I'll spit into my hand and then we'll slap hands together. Ugh. Absolutely disgusting. And thank you. The wedding anniversary I was talking about, the 51st wedding anniversary today. Incredible. Can't get to celebrate it in style, but they will do it when it's all over. But there was no name put on it. It's Noel and Maureen Kelleher and they are in Leesdale. So Noel and Maureen Kelleher, enjoy your special day today. And when all this is over, you can look forward to great celebrations. Susan, Paul, Isabel and Zoe wanting to wish you all the best and to say they are thinking of you today. And Helen was on, who is a district nurse, and she said she was visiting an elderly person who is just out of hospital. And a relative came over to the house to see her. And the elderly person was so delighted to see this relative that she hugged her. Now the lady that she hugged the relative, obviously, is absolutely terrified that she may pick up the virus because this woman is just out of hospital. So Helen came on, contacted us this morning as obviously she's trying to lay the other woman's fears now and hopefully that the lady who's come out of hospital doesn't have COVID-19 and therefore hasn't passed anything on. But Helen just wants to remind people, please, about social distancing and why social distancing is so important. And if you are going to see older people and really under cocooning, you shouldn't be going anywhere near seeing anybody over the age of 70. But if you do have to call to see somebody to drop something off or whatever, or you're checking in on them, you need to keep two metres apart. Thank you, Helen, for that. 1850-333-103. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. Court today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. And we're going to Fomoy Guard, the station for this week's Guard the Fire, where I'm joined by Sergeant John uh, Kelly. Good morning to you, John. Oh, sorry. I've got the button pressed. Hello? Good morning, John. Sorry, morning, I had in the wrong yes, button. You you're, you're welcome uh, to the programme. OK, you want to start with fraud. This is an attempt at taking over a bank account. Yes, Patricia. And I suppose, first of all, to stress to people, um, we haven't seen a burglary um, with the last week. So it, it seems that the burglars are staying at home and they're complying with their two-kilometre rule. But it seems that a lot of them have, have gone online. We are seeing an increasing, I suppose, over the last few years, a lot of fraud kind of coming in online, whether it's text messages, uh, emails or whatnot. Um, but I suppose the first one to start with, 
um, is where the, yesterday there was a person got a call purporting to be from the Bank of Ireland fraud squad and, and basically saying to them, in a, now it turned out afterwards, uh, English number and a lady with an English accent. So she was basically um, saying that there had been activity on, a, on, on his account and that uh, uh, they needed him to forward. Um, uh, I'm not quite too clear on it, but basically he interacted, uh, received a text and uh, communicated some security code over the over the phone back to this lady. An amount of money was taken from her. Oh, account. my God. Right? Yeah. So what we're saying to people the whole time, anything that you get from purporting to be from any of your banks, right, um, please just delete the text straight away. Do not, under any account, go through the, um, the, the number or the link that's in the message. You know, if they are worried, contact independently off a different phone uh, or leave it five minutes and ring their own uh, ring their own bank. Or on a number that you've used like, before or a number that you sourced yourself, not a number that would be given correct, to you in a text message. Correct. Yeah. Do not under any way follow a link. You know, log on independently. You know, if you are doing online banking, log on online. Do not go through anything contained in a text message or contained in an email. Um, that's the way to keep, your, keep yourself safe. And just the way, same way as in a house, you have the proper locks, you know, you might have a, a good alarm system, you might have CCTV. It's also, you know, essential nowadays that you treat your computer as a, as a virtual front door into your life. You know, that you make sure that you have all the online um, uh, anti-fraud packages that you can have, anti-malware packages that you can have, and also uh, check your uh, check your uh, email for, from time to time to see is has the email uh, password been hacked. You can go on to uh, have I been pawned dot com h h a v e i p w n e d dot com, and you can check to see as regards whether uh, your password, your email address has come up in any data hack. Um, because it's it's essential. Uh, that's how some of those accounts have been taken over. Give us um, that. Give us that again. You go into have I? Yeah, have I been pawn dot com? P W H A V E. Yeah. I. Yeah. Yeah. And then E E E N P W N E D dot com. Well, I haven't heard of that. I should certainly check that. Yeah, it's worth checking. I suppose I've seen a few people in the past that have checked and they have found that their passwords had come up in, in a data hack. They hadn't changed their passwords in years and it's essential that you do that. Um, and that fraud, you pick a really good password, not your date yeah, of birth. Yeah, yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, that you, a password that that you will remember, but also that one that's a complicated password. Some um, when you log in, some of them will t- t- test it online, and they'll it'll see it'll see as regards whether it's classified as a strong password or a weak password or whatever. You know, fraud smart. You, you know, that's a very, very good website as well to look up, you know. OK, but um, just, just stay safe and be aware just, that criminals, they mightn't be out and about, but they certainly can be at the end of a phone line exactly, at, the, at the end of, of, exactly. of a text and, message. And actually, it's interesting when you say there's been no bur- burglars, which is terrific news. I saw a piece on the paper during the week that for the first time since records began that there was no burglaries in, in Dublin. Uh, and I was wondering, has that got a lot to do with the guard, the presence out and about on the street and all of the checkpoints, do you think? It's got a huge amount to do with yeah. it. There's no doubt. 
for the simple reason is um, there's a, the volume of traffic is down. What's moving is being stopped every 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 few miles, you could say, you know, and uh, because you, you know we have checkpoints, roving checkpoints, we have semi-permanent checkpoints, and I suppose just to mention, I will come back there to fraud in a minute, but just to mention, you know, the key messages for this weekend, um, we have Operation Fanacht on for the whole weekend, similar to the Easter weekend, you know, it's a, again a critical week for the country, and we just ask people, look, adhere to the guidelines, you know, follow the advice, you know, true to the bank into the May Bank holiday weekend, you know, we're going to be repeating what we did around the Easter weekend. We're going to have a large number of major checkpoints on the main routes around the country. There's going to be hundreds of mobile checkpoints in towns and villages, and we're going to have a high presence and uh, patrols at natural beauty spots, parks and beaches. Now, to be fair, we're getting a very, very high level of compliance. You know, there's very, very few people that we're having to talk to and turn around, you know, and... Um, our main thing, you know, unlike other countries, you know, the main way we're doing to police the situation, you know, we're engaging with people, we're basically educating them, encouraging them. And it's only as a very, very last resort. Enforcement is only as a very last resort. Well, it's um, there if you need it. It's there if we need it. Mm. We're trying to look. And, and I mean, some people are saying, oh, the guard wasn't very nice to me. You, you, you know, and it's only very occasional we're hearing that. But please, for everyone to show a little degree of forbearance, the person you're dealing with on the side of the road, he may have been there for 10 or 12 hours. You know, um, again, it's, it's it's for people traveling, for you, you know, for everyone. You know, it, it's a time that we just have to bear in mind, you know, everyone, to, you know, to have good manners with any everyone we, we come across. Yeah, everyone, um, we're all in this together. So it's, it's, it's like the piece absolutely. that we did during the week about people being rude to shop assistants who are working flat out and you, you don't know what's going on in their world. You don't know what's going on in their homes and they're nervous about going to work and facing the public. And, you absolutely. Know, and there's no need to be nasty to anyone, you know, let there's everyone be no. kind. There's no need whatsoever. Yeah, Dign- yeah. Our, our dignity should be the last thing to go to. Yeah, absolutely. You know? But stay like, stay home this weekend. Stay home this weekend. You yeah. know, and we don't want to have to be telling people, you, 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 you know, to turn around, you, you know, and drive off. You know, they shouldn't be coming. You know, if we stay with it and we stay with the, the message that's been given from the from the health authorities, from everyone, everything will, will, will come we'll, together we'll, again. We'll get out of it sooner. That's yeah. the whole thing. Well, we'll get out yeah. of it and, and, and we've always been a good country to do it and, and that we continue to do that. Um, and I just mentioned as well, some people are worried as well about their, uh, maybe their, their theory tests are to vehicles running out, their driving license, their NCT running out. There's a number of, of road traffic regulations have been amended uh, in the last while. So, look, I won't go too much into it, but basically it applies to theory tests, uh, certificates of competency, a driving license, maybe, and the NCT. So, to synopsize it, right, it basically means that um, from the period beginning on the 1st of March 2020 and ending on the 30th of June 2020, everything has been extended by four months. So um, the certificate in the for a certificate of competency, it means this, then that it uh, ceases to be valid two years and four months after the date of issue as the thing from two years. So look, you know, for people that may be worried, uh, guards and checkpoints will be aware of that. You know, if they if they Google, they'll find the, the particular road traffic, you know, regulations. So essentially, um, as a rule of thumb, and not a lot, most everything has been extended by four months. Yeah, so don't, don't worry if it's out of date. Yeah, just another thing there on fraud. Um, we're also seeing iTunes gift cards. 
It's a scam highlighted previously, but it's re-emerged in recent days with a kind of COVID-19 twist. So in this case, it happened in Cork City. Gowdy received a report from a company. Um, they had received a fraudulent email claiming to be a member of staff in a senior position. They asked that a staff member go and purchase iTunes gift cards, which they did, and shared a 16-digit code on the back of the card. Scammers will then use this code to purchase goods online. So in this incident, the fraudulent email stated the gift cards were being used as a donation to the local hospice and made reference oh. to COVID-19. So scammers are going to make Whatever scam they do, whether it's a text message or uh, in, like like other um, attempts to send invoices to companies, you know, uh, to telling people to stay safe and you know, you know look after themselves at this stressful time, and then uh, they get into the main part of the fraud. So for people just to be very aware of their, any emails, any text messages, or anything they're getting at the moment, make sure they're genuine. Okay, all right. And I know we spoke about an iTunes scam yesterday with a local councillor from from Middleton, and in that case, the scam was trying to letting on to be buying these iTunes gift cards for frontline workers, and it looked like oh, wasn't that yes. a lovely thing to be doing? And of course, it turned out to be one great big scam. Okay, yes. um, John, thank you for that, and stay safe. Thank you very much, Patricia. And uh, uh, thanks uh, for joining us. That is Sergeant John Kelly joining us from Formoy Garda Station. Can I also say thank you to the gang at Margaret and the gang at Donnerail Blog who sent in a gorgeous little set of knitted little angels. They're just gorgeous. They really are lovely. And she put a message on. Thank you for all you do. And take me home angels are a way of saying we appreciate all you do. It's just really such a sweet thing to do. And we really appreciate it. People are getting are so good at craft and getting crafty, I think, during the lockdown, which is fantastic. And it is very much appreciated. So thank you to Margaret and the gang at Donnerell Blog for that. We need to take a break. We have news at 12 midday on the way. We will catch up with a lot of calls and comments coming into the programme but it's Thursday the week is flying by and that does mean that Jane Pickett our resident vet will join us so if you have a question for Jane you can get it into us at 1850 John Paul and Sadie taking the calls there or you can text or WhatsApp me to 086 103103 but we'll take a break and head to the newsroom at uh, 12 midday Court Today on C103 with Mallow College now enrolling for courses in September plan your future education See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie We can make a difference to how our country comes through this and we can make the biggest difference of all by saving lives. So many of the things that make us proud to be Irish are in temporary suspension, our sociability, our warmth, our close and affectionate ties. But I've never been prouder to be Irish. In uncertain times, I've never been so sure of what we are all doing. We can do this. We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Let me catch up with some of the ones that have 
come in on WhatsApp. Just listening to your programme and wondering, this is on Caribbean, I'm wondering why why Horse Fair is any different to all of the agricultural shows which have already been cancelled. Why are Horse Fairs any different to these? I've been showing cattle at agricultural shows throughout Ireland for the last 23 years. Why do we lose our shows if horse fairs can still go ahead. Public health at the end of the day is public health. Absolutely, 100% agree with you. And so I think uh, would everybody else listening. But the problem that we're raising and the reason we're starting to talk about Karami is nobody organises it. All of those agricultural shows, those wonderful agricultural shows all over the country are well organised by a committee who know about public health, who know about social distancing, who know that the event can't go ahead this year. So they've taken the correct decision and they've cancelled it. But they're fearful that Karami people will just show up knowing oh this is the date the Karami is on and uh, that's why certainly that's why people have been contacting us that's why we've started to, to discussing it and certainly the council listening to Ian Doyle the Mayor of Cork County they're going to be in I'd say very serious negotiations with the uh, with the Garda Siakona to make sure that it doesn't go uh, ahead and Kathleen says Patricia thank you for your text Kathleen says if the Garda have checkpoints manned they can simply turn the people back the people who are trying to go to Karami as their journeys would not be necessary says Kathleen so surely it would just be easy to turn them around on the day but I think it's the leading up to the event is also going to be a a problem Uh, Colm who lives in Botterfant and obviously it's people in Botterfant who seem who obviously are most concerned about Karami going ahead it says there is no legal standing in Botterfant um, for Karami it's actually a Donnerail fair and the Karami fair field where the original Karami fair was held is actually in Donnerail it moved from the field just before World War I as there was a huge demand for horses for the war parties the number of horses purchased increased so they transferred the fair to Botterfant rather than Donnerail as the railway came into Botterfant, so if they needed to transport anything, they had the railway line going into Botterfant. So there, so that is the only reason that it's held in Botterfant. And somebody said it's going to be 100 years next year. Anyway, it's no legal standing. Nobody organises it. It should be moved back to the field in Caramie, in Donnerill, says Cullum in uh, Botterfant. Good luck with that happening. If it hasn't happened in the last 100 years, years column. I don't think it's suddenly going to happen now. Louise is also in Boston. She says if the powers that be are really serious about this then they need to block off all of the roads not just the main roads into and out of Botford, i.e. the N20. They would need to close the side roads from Abbey Field, Donnerail and all of the roads. They'll need to be blocked to stop Carami and Louise is worried. She said it would want to be done two weeks in advance because people who want to attend Academy start moving in two weeks ahead of uh, time. Thank you for that. Mary says by WhatsApp. Hi Patricia, just a comment on the delay with the testing results for COVID-19. I was watching on the RTE News a few days ago where members of the fire service got tested and got their results almost immediately, well within a few hours. I don't have any problem with that but it just got me thinking what service did they use to get their results immediately, said Mary. I think I was watching the same the same piece on the news and they were talking about it was a lab in Dublin that was testing and they can turn tests around 
I think the woman said in two hours and the actual test itself takes 45 minutes and they were saying by the time the test is couriered to them along 15 minutes for that then they do what they need to do then they process it 45 minutes get the result turn it around and, and get the results back so they were saying about an hour and a half two hours max they will have a result back but that's one small lab is doing it and I think did she say they process 7,000 I mean that's they are the type of labs we need to have all over the country so that everybody who needs a test will get a test and will have a result in real time, literally in real time. But we seem to be a good few weeks away from that, judging by the powers that be and what they're saying. It was hoped that we would be at that situation by next Tuesday, but now we certainly know that it is not. A number of people want to say fair play to Jim Daly and all he had to say about uh, Clonakilty Hospital. People hate to hear of anybody running down the service uh, because Clonakilty Hospital is such a wonderful, wonderful uh, facility and uh, people are very, very happy uh, with it and people are very much feeling for the staff there and what the staff are going through at the moment. So thank you for those uh, comments. On holy water, it being May Eve. James has a really good point for people who have contacted us to say they're trying to get holy water. Now, we have been calling out a number of churches that have holy water available outside the church. Uh, but Jim makes, James makes a good point. If you live anywhere near a holy well, holy wells have holy water. It's already blessed. You can go there for your holy water. And and then that was James. Then Jim contacted us. And I'm assuming this was my point about a tradition that I remember growing up was on the 1st of May, you went out and you washed, you rubbed your hands in the grass, on the dew on the grass and rubbed your face with it. And it was meant to be good for your skin. I don't know if it is or not. But Jim says, if you take off your shoes and socks and walk on damp grass in the moment, in the mornings, it's meant to be very good for your feet. Just God, Jim. Jim, just be careful that you don't get a chill out of that. That would be my my worry on that one. OK, what else have we coming in? Kinsale Regatta has been cancelled, not going ahead this year. Thank you for that. We had a query earlier in the week about a recycling lorry service in Bantry. We got on to Cork County Council and they actually point out to us that they don't run that service. It's run by an external service provider. But they do say that that service is currently suspended. However, paper, cardboard and plastics can be recycled at the Council Civic Amenity sites in Derry Connell, Skibbereen, Castletown Bear are at Bantry Skip Hire. They have a private facility outside of Bantry Town. There's for people in the Bantry area who are trying to recycle items and of course we are always trying to get people to recycle items. And an email to Patricia at c103.ie You can keep your emails coming as well. Please says, Hi Patricia. I'm beginning to get concerned with the amount of shops that are advertising reopening in the next few days. They are saying that it'll only be maybe for a couple of hours a day and some are suggesting that you need to book appointment. But I think shoe shops and clothing shops, I don't think that they are essential businesses. And once one opens, the other will follow. I understand the lockdown to include non-essential things. And now you see every restaurant starting to offer takeaway services. Shoes and clothes shops 
opening up, you're going, if they open up, you're going to see an increase in people moving around, which I don't think the experts have given permission to happen. People are starting to change the rules to suit themselves. I've got a business myself, but I will not allow it to open until we get permission from the government. I don't want you to give out my name, but I would love this to be discussed on the radio and maybe find out what type of stores and businesses are required to stay closed if the lockdown is continued. Kind regards, and that's signed by a concerned uh, shopper. Now, you know, I know we are all waiting to see what Leo is going to say tomorrow. And certainly it, the, you know, what he is saying and has been saying over the last few days would lead you to believe that very little is going to change tomorrow. Slight easing of restrictions, but it will be a very slight easing of uh, restrictions. Um, essential retail outlets that will remain open are not any of the ones that this emailer is uh, talking about. I mean, you, you're still with your your food shops are allowed to remain op- open and news agents certainly are, are allowed to open. The retail sale of household consumer products to maintain safety and sanitation, they're allowed open. Pharmacies and chemists, retail of medical and orthopaedic goods, fuel stations, obviously all of our garages, anything to do with the welfare of animals, those shops can remain open. And then obviously the dry cleaners, the laundress, banks, post offices and credit union and the retail sale of safety supply stores. So none of the shops you're talking about for clothes or shoes are certainly contained on that list and that list hasn't changed and is not expected to change tomorrow. Now, I don't know what, I mean, I'm assuming the Gardaí, because the Gardaí have powers to stop people and ask them where they're going and if you're outside your two kilometre zone, they can send you home and, and, and all of that. I don't know what happens if a shop takes it upon themselves and has decided they're going to open up for business and they're not on that list of essential retail. I'll get it checked. I don't exactly know what um, happens, but I'd be interested to hear from others. Are you in agreement with this listener? Are you concerned that you're hearing and seeing that shops are starting to open up and how do you feel about it and you feel it's too soon and you think people should stick religiously to what the government are telling us to do. Uh, your thoughts welcomed on that, please. 1850 at 333-103. Hi, Trish, says a Cork City listener. Do you realise it's 10 years ago today that we lost the legendary broadcaster, Jerry Ryan? His spirit, though, very much lives on uh, today in his beloved daughter, Lottie, who I have to say, this is Cork City listener, and I have to agree, is the image of him. And she absolutely is. She's just a female version, isn't she, of, in looks wise, of uh, Jerry Ryan. Don't hear her on the radio, so I don't know if she's a female version of him on air or not. But yeah, it's hard to believe it's, it's uh, 10 years ago. I'm trying to think, where was I when I heard... Were we on air? Was myself went to was it John Paul told because usually he keeps up to date on all those kind of newsy stuff and he'd be letting me know if anything breaks while I'm on air because I wouldn't be watching news services. So I have a funny feeling it might have been uh, John Paul actually actually told me about it because words had started to filter through that he'd been because he was found dead. Do you remember he didn't turn up for work and he was his uh, his partner at the time uh, managed to get access to his apartment and, and that's where he was found um, but yeah it's hard to believe it's 10 years the programme that they did about him was excellent he was just he was such a unique such a unique broadcaster he he really was uh, quite incredible but yeah it is very hard to believe that it is 10 years ago and actually somebody else wanted me to mention um Mecca Barrett, uh, thank you for this thing Patricia I've only just tuned in so I don't know if you've mentioned it or not but today is Poetry Day 
Ireland. People can go on to their online site to watch events. There are also readings on Facebook as well on the Cork Coco Library. A poem a day keeps the blues away, says uh, Mecca Barrett of the Mallow Poetry Group. So to everybody out there who loves poetry, happy Poetry Day Ireland. If you want to check out stuff online, uh, please do, because some people have absolutely a great, great love of uh, poetry. Holy Water is available at the back of the Mitchellstown Parish Church. It's on tap. On the outside wall, says Mary, who is a parishioner of Mitchellstown Parish Church. Thank you for that. Lara says, Patricia, if you come from a big family and you're having a funeral, how do you decide that only 10 people are going to go? With huge difficulty, Lara, is certainly anything I've read or heard about families who end up in a situation like that where large family much loved mother or father passes away and this decision has to be made. But, you know, some families have been absolutely incredible about it and incredible about sticking to the restrictions and knowing that the restrictions are in place to protect all of us. And they've just made the decision collectively as a family. They come together and decide who's going to go. And it's, it is absolutely heartbreaking. And once all this pandemic is over and we get back to living normal lives and our churches start to reopen again. I know all of the families will then start to have a proper mass and not that a mass is never not proper, but you know what I mean, a funeral mass and a celebration of the person's life. And that will give people them who weren't able to go themselves and sympathise with the family members. But it also hopefully will give some sort of comfort to the family members who weren't able to attend because of that limiting it to 10 people. And hi, Patricia, could you say hello to my friend John? John is currently a patient at Mill Street Community Hospital. And would you thank the staff who work so hard to look after the patients? Stay safe, everyone. Hope to see you all soon. And that is thanking you. And that's from Bertie and Kathleen. So hi to everybody at Mill Street Community Hospital. Hope you're all doing well today. 1850-333-103. Pet questions, uh, please, for Jane. You can give John Paul or Sadie a call or you could text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. And Cork Cancer Care Centre, they've launched their Walk with Warriors. It's a fundraiser that is kicking off tomorrow, Friday. They're asking people to walk for 30 minutes per day between the 1st and the 31st of May and it's to honour Cancer Warriors and then you can donate to the Cork Cancer Care Centre. Further details are available on their website and on their web page. And the Darkness into Light fundraising event for Pieta House, unfortunately, is not going ahead this year but they are appealing to people to support their Sunrise event on the same Saturday that the Darkness into Light event would have been held at Saturday week, the 9th of May. People are asked to share a Sunrise moment at 5 30 a.m. using the hashtag DIL Darkness into Light 2020. And then you can donate to darknessintolight.ie or you can go to their website www.pietahouse.ie to continue your support for the great work of Pieta House. 
Cork Today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. The Chihuahua Store is delivering by drone. Order online and leave out a full basin for next day delivery. Radio paints a picture, tells a story and delivers a message. C103 is here to inform and entertain during this difficult time. Many Cork businesses are still open and need to talk to their customers. We can help. Even with social distancing, we produce and broadcast radio ads safely every day. At C103, it's business as usual. So you can get back to business. Whether it's Chihuahua drone delivery or simple cost-effective advertising solutions. Email us today, sales at c103.ie or see our website. No Chihuahuas were hurt in the making of this, which is purely with sound effects and the power of radio. With C103. Keep your pet questions coming, please, for uh, Jane. I can see some coming in by text. You can send them in by text and you can also uh, call John Paul or Sadie at 1850-333-103. Some of your texts. Hi, Patricia. I'm in Butterfield all my life. I don't know of anyone coming in to carry me two weeks before the event, says Marie. So you don't need to be blocking off the roads into Butterfield for two weeks before, which was a point that was made by a previous uh, texter. That's a question for Jane. Thank you for that. Still getting in text from people that they can't pick up C103 today online. Where our online server is down today. We're having a huge problem with that. So you need to use traditional radios if you want to pick us up. And you are you are obviously already doing that if you're listening to me uh, this morning. Hi, this is from Pat. Hi, Trish. And I have to say, when I read this, I think, oh, I think the very same thing. Every time I watch TV where you're seeing somebody dropping off boxes of shopping, for example, uh, to houses for people who are cocooning, they put it on the ground and then they wait for the older person to come out. And there's usually, you know, oh, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. How are you doing? And all of that. And then the person has walked back, which is the correct thing uh, to do and keep well keeping the two metres apart. But Pat said, I often think sometimes the very elderly people coming out to the door what if they're not able to bend down? What if they've had an, a knee or a hip operation and they're not able to bend down? I Listen, the other night I saw an elderly lady and a big box of shopping was being dropped off in exactly what you would describe and the man dropped it and went back and it was all being filmed. I assumed for the purpose of the filming the TV cameras that were there that that's the way it was done because there was no way that this particular elderly lady could have well she didn't look like she would have been able to have lifted it with the weight that was in the box or bent down to do it so I take it in the normal run of the mill uh, now there were there were very fit elderly people who were well able to bend down and, and pick up their shopping but if not I'm assuming that there's a system in place where doors are left open somebody comes in leaves it on the kitchen table and then walks away and you can still do the cocooning and the social distancing and all of that but the very same thought Pat did go through my head as well I have to say Patricia it would be great if the over 70s could be allowed out to shop even for two hours once a week and they wouldn't infect anyone when they've been on lockdown for two weeks thanking you Mallow listener Mallow eager to go shopping uh, listener (laughs) and and you know something the over the over 70s I mean they're not in anyway in danger of infecting anybody else because you're right they have been cocooning that they certainly haven't don't have COVID-19 but the reason that the over 70s have been asked to cocoon is for fear 
that they would meet up with somebody and they would pick up COVID-19. But if there, there, there is expectations that something is going to move for the cocooners, what it's going to be, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be allowed out shopping or not. But whatever it is, it's going to be with social distancing in mind. And that, uh, please God, the over 70s will be allowed to, even if they go out for, for a walk or, you know, just get out from their own four walls because some of them are going stir crazy. Others are coping really well with it, but some of them are not enjoying it at all. So we will wait and see. It's, I would say sometime tomorrow afternoon because I can see people saying when are we expected to hear what's to be, what restrictions will be lifted or what restrictions won't be lifted or if there's going to be any change to the restrictions. Tomorrow afternoon, if I was a betting person, four o'clock but it might even be later anyway but it's sometime tomorrow I don't think it's going to be in the morning I don't think I think we'll still be here speculating in the morning I don't think we're going to see any changes it'll be certainly sometime in the afternoon I think before we hear what restrictions are to change or not but the the speculation is that there will be something nice done for uh, cocooners Uh, and then we got this in to say, I had a call from, a la- oh sorry, no, this is a lady who's contacted the uh, radio station, wants us to highlight something on the show. She is 85 years of age and living in North West Cork and she is cocooning. Her home help doesn't visit at present due to COVID-19 restrictions. They were informed around the 4th of May that the home help service has been suspended from April the 10th and it's been suspended for two months. And the theory behind that was that the home helps were suspended and then the home helps would instead be redeployed and they'd be sent into nursing homes. And it suited a number of people because we certainly heard from people who didn't, it's not that they didn't want their home helps to call, but they had more family members at home so they didn't need the home helps to call and some of the people were cocooning and they didn't want anybody coming into the house including uh, home help so it suited some people it didn't suit everyone now, but it did suit some people anyway back to this email this lady's shopping has been this 85 year old lady's shopping has been delivered to her house and her home help happened to shove her head into the window yesterday just to say you know how are you doing how are you getting on and then the home help went on to say that she's basically been paid by the HSE to stay at home. In her words, I'm being paid to holiday at home. The caller says there needs to be a call to arms by the local media, that's how she's on to us, to sort this out. She acknowledged that a home help is more than just that. They're also a companion. She fears that no one would notice if those who relied on home helps were dead. Although she does say she's very good neighbours and the neighbours are keeping an eye on her. But she obviously very much misses her home help, misses the work that her home help does for her. But more than anything, it's the companionship. She says it's now time to rattle the pan and she wants uh, C103 to to try and help her uh, to do that and to raise the topic. I've you're not that's not the first time that we've heard about this of home helps being told you're not to go to your clients anymore and they're sitting at home waiting last week we had a home help contacted us who was very frustrated by the whole situation as well and said she was she had to do some online course on the donning and doffing of PPE gear uh, and then, then then she would be good to go but she was still waiting I think she was waiting to do this online course and then waiting to be assigned a nursing home that she would go into so I don't know. I don't quite know what's going on, but it's interesting now that there's another home help saying the same thing because I thought when we got the call last week that maybe it was just an isolated, it was just one home help that they didn't have work for. But they, I know the home help last week was making the point if they don't have work for the home help in 
a nursing home setting, then, you know, please let me go back to my clients. Let me go back to the people who need me the most. And I also know that if somebody has been relying on a home help and it has been suspended, but you feel you can't maintain your independence at home without the home help, then you can put in an appeal to that decision and we have heard of home health being reinstated so I would say that to that 85 year old lady if you real, if you feel you really have been left without any help I mean this thing to the you living on your own you're now relying on neighbours and neighbours are great they are they are terrific but if you really feel that you need that home help back I, I would be suggesting that you uh, appeal th- that particular decision but I read out, I'm mentioning the email now. We'll see if we can get on to maybe one of the elected representatives. They're normally good to get these issues to find out what's going on. And maybe we'll get John Paul to send an email to the HSC as well to find out how many home helps have been suspended from the duties that they normally do, that is working in the community. And then of that number... Can we find out how many of them are are working in nursing homes? Now, how long, I don't know how quickly we can get that information from the HSE, but I'll get John Paul to send an email off to the HSE on that one. And in the meantime, we will see if we can get an elective representative maybe to look in uh, to this. But interested to hear from anyone else working as home care providers, any home helps listening to us. Are you in that position or are you working in a nursing home? Is it all working out okay for you? And what about families whose home help has now been suspended? How are you getting on and and how are you managing? If anybody has stories to share with us, uh, please let us know. 1850 333 103. You can call Sadie or John Paul are taking the calls and you can text or WhatsApp me to 0862 103 103. And another one I have an update on. This is on motor tax. We had a number of people contact us about because their motor tax uh, cars are parked up and they're saying, you know, we've paid all this money on motor tax. Somebody yesterday was saying that they'd, there was three or four cars in their house. Nobody's going to work. Nobody's doing anything. The cars are parked. They use one car is all they're using. And they're just saying it seems all this money that they paid on road tax. And some of their cars were older cars. So the motor tax is quite expensive on it. And they were saying, is there any offer of a rebate on your motor tax because people are not using their cars as much and we know we're to get a very small refund it looks like on car insurance and we know that the health providers on your health insurance are sending out refunds actually with the, that I mentioned the health insurance now has anybody received a, a ca- the refund yet did anybody check their bank accounts to see did they get a refund from the likes of the VHI Aviva AXA, whoever you get your health insurance from, let us know if you did get a refund and how much of a refund did you get because they're promising refunds it's over three months I think they were due to pay it April, May April, May, June. Anyway, if anybody that's just me thinking off the top of my head because I haven't heard anything about that yet but anyway back to the road tax. So we decided to get on to the Department of Transport just to see was there any changes to motor tax and how people pay their motor tax and people getting refund on their motor tax and people renewing their motor tax and they come back and they say motor tax services are still available online and motor tax offices are also continuing to process postal applications. There is provision for owners of vehicles to declare them off the road for a period of time in which case they're not liable 
for motor tax for that period. The Non-Use of Motor Vehicles Act 2013, as amended, provides for a system of declaring vehicles off the road in advance of motor tax purposes. The declaration must be made in the last month of an existing motor tax disc are renewed in the last month of a previously made declaration of non-use. The declaration can be made by any number of calendar months between three and 12 months, i.e. it cannot be made for a period of one or two uh, months because that's the way they issue the tax discs. This is either for three, six or 12 months. If a vehicle is subsequently required to be put back on the road, the declaration can be broken at any time simply by taxing the uh, vehicle. And I'm sure you've got to get that signed off by, by the by the Gardaí. But that's only applicable if your motor tax is due for renewal and you're not using it, you can declare the non-use of a motor vehicle. 1850-333-103. Sadie and John Paul are taking you calls. We are in particular looking for your calls now, please, for Jane, our resident vet. You can text her WhatsApp a question to 0862. 103 103. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. Eggfoil Amok, Quintan Anihe is Farlin. Shot 8 Thrower, C103 Air Kirkig. Bunich on Cork Public Museum, a Bork Big Garret, Sivlian Ochtiog at the Hadok Kuig, Unta Speciui, a Guina Allin Dungahit. Lagan the museum shall beam Erin Docht of Winning Le Kirkig Marvala Mount Eishach. Agas Horodiam, Godon Hazar Haladiani, a Dochalti, a Dinahart Er Alla on Valle, Todian Tonaun Homa on Egypt Orsa, Agas Ong Reg. Tirshir Erin Star Egan Public Museum, Agas Win Sultas Cat. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Listen to C103 on your phone. Download the C103 app today. Go to the Google Play Store for Android or iTunes for iPhone and search C103 Cork. Download it today and listen straight away to C103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. And I've just seen a number of people are messaging in to say Leia have started issuing refunds on their health insurance. Uh, a number of texts in saying Happy Days got a refund from Leia. Mary said I got 130 euro from Leia for myself and my uh, husband. So people, I'm assuming, need to check bank accounts on that one. So they seem to be the first to be issuing uh, refunds. I think they're doing it, no question, I think they're doing it for three months. OK, uh, Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket joins me. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Uh, I'm very well. I've got so many pieces of paper in front of me because we're having problems with our internet server today. So I'm trying to oh grab all of the pieces of papers that I have here because there's uh, questions coming in for you. There was one in that I want to get to from Don that says, question please for Jane. I have the yellow can oral eardrops from my dogs or I got it from an ear infection my dog last year. Now I still have enough of the clean oral bottle. Can I get more of the can? Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Can oral over-the-counter during these restricted times, as is another ear infection. I'm washing and cleaning it daily with the clean oral, but I need to get the other drops. Mm. I'm done. I think this is a difficult one. I think if your dog has a recurrence of the signs of an ear infection, then that's usually kind of itching and scratching at the head. Sometimes there's a bit of head shaking. Um, it can be quite a distressing thing for the dog and also for you because you, you see them in, in some element of distress and it's not nice to see. Um, if this is a recurrent issue, I think I wouldn't be inclined to use to jump straight in and use the products you have at home because sometimes if they've been used during a previous infection, they may be contaminated with whatever bugs were in there before. Um, now, sometimes not, sometimes it's okay, but I, I think sometimes it can cause more problems than it solves. As regards getting uh, more ear cleaner, I think that's quite a simple thing to do. And I think usually if uh, a dog has uh, intermittent ear infections, I normally advise that they have a, a new bottle every time they have a flare-up so that you're not kind of contaminating going forward. Um, as regards the, the, the can oral, which is actually a, a prescription-only medicine, so that's, that's a, a little antibiotic drop that goes down into the ears, I think before you get any more of that, speak to your own vet locally who knows your own dog's history. They'll have a chat to you, discuss other things, probably like just making sure he hasn't got any other signs of illness and that it will be safe to go ahead with that. And uh, they may suggest that he is seen or they may prescribe some medication. I think in this case, I would be a little bit nervous about using what you have already just in case it's kind of contaminated from before. But I think really speak to your local vet. They'll be able to help you either with seeing the dog if, if it's required. And I know during COVID, we are a little bit restricted in what we can, we can see as vets. Um, but they'll certainly be able to be able to guide and help you out and make sure that your infection, if it is present, gets sorted for you. OK, Roger has a border collie, uh, 12 years of age, male, has noticed sores between the pads on his feet. Is there anything they can self-medicate with? Oh, OK. So sores between the pads and the feet, it can be a number of things. Um, sometimes it can be a, an early sign of itching and scratching. So if the dog is licking at the feet quite a lot, that's generally a sign of discomfort or itching. Now, sometimes that can just be a little bacterial infection or even a little parasite. Sometimes it can be things that are a little bit more sinister, like if he's been walking in a funny area um, that might have, let's say, sharp objects or stones, sometimes they could become lodged. It's almost like the feeling of, oh, I don't know if you've ever got a little, a little splinter of wood under your fingernail. Dreadful. Um, it's that kind of Very thing. Very painful. Um, so I think certainly sores can be an indication both of discomfort if it's from the dog licking, but sometimes they can be if there is something stuck inside in the paw. Now, there are a number of other things, other lumps and bumps that can be on the paw. Um, so I think the best thing would be 
to give your local vet a call. Again, because of COVID, we're a bit restricted, but mo- most vets in my area, I know we, we certainly are from our own clients, happy to speak to them about things. And sometimes we might suggest that they send in pictures if it's not something we can see in person. Um, so I think have a chat to your local vet, particularly as well. He'll be aware of, of his history over the years. Um, he may ask you to send in some photos depending on his preference or her preference and they'll be able to get you sorted out. But there are a number of different causes so it wouldn't be something I'd, I'd wade in and, and suggest um, treatment for immediately. Okay, Sheila has a cat that's started for no apparent reason to lose hair, both okay. sides of his body. It's an eight-year-old cat. What could be causing it? Okay, first and foremost, um, I think there's, there's two main things. If there's some itching and scratching involved, then I would say my first step, 100%, would be to make sure it's up to date on its parasite treatment. So that means treatment for fleas, mites, lice, tick. You just want to make sure that there's nothing underlying, not any kind of, let's say, unwanted visitors on the coat that are going to be causing irritation of the skin and some itching. Now, cats can actually be really, really secretive about their itching behaviours because they kind of want to put on a a strong front when they're around their owners sometimes. But they might actually disappear off and and itch overnight or itch in a corner or lick themselves. And the hair may begin to break down and come out so we get this appearance of baldness. Now, there are, that will be by far and away the most common thing that will be the cause or some, some allergies of the skin can cause a lot of itching. There are some rarer causes, usually due to hormones that can, can cause hair shedding in cats. It's a lot more common in dogs. So I'd say my first step, as long as your cat is otherwise well in him, him or herself um, and eating, drinking, a nice bright little cat and otherwise happy, would be to contact your vet, make sure that they're up to date on their flea treatment. Now, it depends on the products. Sometimes it's monthly if it's a spot on, but there are other products available that last for up to three months. So speak to your vet about what you've been using and the duration of treatment. Get them sorted for that initially. And if things don't improve, have a chat to your vet about whether, whether he needs to be seen or whether there might be investigations that need to be done. Okay. Anne in Mallow has a problem with a, la- a three-year-old Labrador. Is is neutered. Perfect in every way, except when it comes to feeding him. Okay. He would always start growling. Now, she said initially you were able to say stop and the dog would stop and feed him. But now it's got to the stage where he continues growling, even when the food is put down. And she said you can almost hear the, you can almost see the hair standing up on the back of his neck. She said it's gone to the stage that she has to feed him and almost run away. And it's like he's inhaling his food. She said she got one of those magic bowls to slow him down uh, eating and it did work for a while but she's now starting to get nervous about him when it comes to food and particularly because she has a child but he's a perfectly calm dog but you put food into the equation and he becomes a, a different animal. I think we see this occasionally and I think really it has to come down to safety first and I, I, I think your your listener is entirely right to just be a little bit mindful of safety particularly when there's kids involved that may not be let's say able to read the signals of let's say growling and a little bit of aggression as well as as well as an adult would. Um, I think first and foremost safety first I wouldn't have any small people any kids around while there is feeding going on. Um, just to limit limit exposure just in case any we don't want any accidents to happen. I totally empathise with your feeling of feeling a little bit worried about feeding him now because he's getting a little bit worse with his growling behaviour. And this is a behaviour that we, we call food aggression. Um, so it's, it's aggression that really, in this case, only manifests when there's food involved. And it's kind of a protective mechanism. For one reason or another, this little dog has probably entirely wrongly got it into his head that somebody's going to steal his food. Um, so he's guarding it. Now, this can be 
really, really unhelpful as a behaviour and it can be a little bit dangerous um, because we don't want it manifesting into bleeding into, let's say, other areas of life where the aggression shows up elsewhere. And I think it's something that really needs to be nipped in the bud. I think safety first, just make sure you're safe and everybody else in the family is safe. Um, well done with getting the magic bowl for slowing him down with the inhaling of the What's food. a magic bowl? Uh, magic bowls, as far as I'm aware, the ones I know are, they're almost like little puzzles where you can put the food in and they're oh, in funny yeah. little shapes. I, I have one for one of my dogs. Um, and it essentially just slows them down. They're actually a really great thing to do for, let's say, dogs that are trying to lose weight as well because it, it can slow them down a little bit so that they realise they're full. Um, but in this case, I think the really important thing is safety and try and regain some level of control. So I wouldn't start working with him with food involved. I would start working with him in a totally different environment, no food involved, and start just reinforcing the basic things like sit, stay, lie down, leave it, um, just the basic training. Really reinforce that and don't get food involved initially because you really want to keep everybody safe. I think the best thing I would advise is just start reinforcing his initial training if that has been done. If not, now is a great time to start rolling quarantine. We have a little bit of extra time in our hands, but just make sure you keep everyone safe. And I think this is a case I would advise that you contact your local vet so that they can potentially refer, refer you for um, assistance or at least a discussion with uh, an animal behaviourist um, and a dog trainer to see if there's ways that we can we can nip this behaviour in the bud just to make every everybody in the family happy and feeling safe again. Because he's a young dog as well. Exactly. He's, a, he's, a, he's only three. Exactly. Okay, and uh, a final one. Would Jane the vet have any home remedies in these times especially um, as we don't want to put pressure on vets with everything that's going on my dog has a niche I've been to the vet six times different treatments no better any home remedies for an itch I'm afraid not really um it's one of the hardest ones, isn't it, to sort? It is super hard. And I think all you have to do is, is just really trust the process. As vets, uh, we, as vets, we really empathise with pet owners with itchy dogs because it's super frustrating. You don't want to see your, your pet being itching and scratching and a little bit distressed. But we are aware it's, it's, it can sometimes be a very quick fix, but sometimes it can take a lot of time and thinking to get things right. So I think just working closely with your vet in a stepwise fashion to, to get to the bottom of it and get some treatment on board that will sort things. As regards home remedies, I don't really have any, to be totally honest. And that's a really important point as well. I, I, my heart goes out to people who are trying to take pressure off the vet and, and, and thank you. But I think more than ever, if you need help for your pet, although we may not be able to see every, every pet, let's say, for routine treatments, we can certainly have the ability to help out with the sick pets in the emergency cases. So if you're worried about your pet, please don't hesitate to contact us. We can give you plenty of advice and arrange for treatment if required. And I think one really important thing to stress is if you think you want to use a home remedy, speak to your vet first because there's a lot of medication that we take every day as humans. Um, for example, paracetamol is a big one. Paracetamol is something that we occasionally encounter that pets have had paracetamol poisoning because um, cats in particular, it's totally toxic to them. So please don't be tempted to, to use what you have in the cupboard. Have a chat to your vet first. Okay, and very quickly, uh, Yorkie, she's had pups three days ago, eating very well, but she looks empty. Um, I'm wondering, is there anything I could give her, particularly she's nursing the pups? Yeah, oh, well, I'm glad she's had a safe birth and everything's okay. Um, I think just it, it's really just an energy in and energy out. So if the pups are suckling on her, she's going to have a, a really high nutritional need. So just make sure she's getting really good quality food on board. Um, there are lots of vitamin supplements you can do, but to be honest, I think as long as they're having a, a high quality, high energy, balanced diet, 
um, for a nursing mother then everything should be fine I think if she's well in herself and happy and she is of course good. going to look thin because she's had the pups so exactly, she's, that's, exactly. that's why she looks so thin it takes a little while for everything to tighten up again ok listen as it does with humans listen have a good week you and I will chat to you next Thursday thanks for that that Thank is uh, Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket part of the Mill Street uh, Veterinary uh, Group before I go Thank you to uh, Kathleen Hurley who sent on a lovely thank you card to all of us here at C103. It arrived in the post today. We appreciate that and we're still getting some of the on-post postcards. So they're still doing the rounds uh, out there and this time it is from Ben Ryan in Donnerwell wanting to wish us all the best here at C103. Again really, really appreciate that. So uh, thank you for those cards and thank you for people who are being extremely kind uh, to us. Um, the, and our internet thankfully is back working again so I can see the texts and the WhatsApps that are coming into us. Um, a number of people are getting their refunds, their health insurance refunds and did I see someone say to me that they got, I have so many bits, I'm sure I did, uh, that Liberty, somebody got a refund in from Liberty, that's on the car insurance one that's a very small amount that they're actually paying out but it does seem like the health insurance layer seems to be the first I don't know about the rest but keep a lookout you're going to have to check with your bank accounts because I'm assuming the money just goes back into your uh, bank account okay that's where I leave you for today my thanks to Sadie and to John Paul for taking your calls Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon and we are back with you tomorrow morning at uh, 10 o'clock with the final edition of the programme for this week another week is flying by until then I'm Patricia Messenger and you know all the messages stay safe stay indoors keep washing those hands and look after yourselves and we'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 Court Today on C103 with Mallow College now enrolling for courses in September plan your future education see the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie Every Friday, we're counting down to the weekend, the weekend. by turning up the Feel Good. C103's Feel Good Friday brings you six hours of Feel Good Greatest Hits. Join Nick Richards from 1 and Martina O'Donoghue from 4 as we get you weekend ready. Weekend ready. Turning up the feel good for Cork. For Cork. Every Friday from 1. Feel good Friday. Only on C103. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.